once more you have returned to backlist and chill. I am Ollie from near Philadelphia. I'm Sarah from Ohio. And this is Season 9, Episode 3, Lisa Jane Smith's The Forbidden Game, The Kill. <laughs> dun dun dun. So are you going to explain why you got, like, 75% more goth, or are we just gonna... I mean, mostly I just got tired of my boring opener. Gotta mix it up sometimes, yeah. okay? You know? Gotta have fun. It's a spooky, gothy book. It is a spooky, gothy book. It's true. I'm I'm quite pleased with how spooky, gothy this entire episode, well, I guess, installment of Forbidden Game is, especially after the last one. Which I didn't find to be as spooky. It had a couple really good spooky moments. Mm-hmm. Like that girl skittering around. Yes. But there are lots of things. Like 200% more. Now, I would I would say 500% yeah. no, more skittering. Yeah. 500% more spooky, skittery, creepy, disgustingness. This was a horror episode. I'm, or installment. I'm very pleased. 500% more skittering is the guarantee that LJ Smith makes to you. <laughs> Are you tired of those other horror books that don't have enough skittering? <laughs> Come on down to the kill. Now open in a joyland. We've got skittering in an elevator. <laughs> We've got skittering in a fun house. We've got skittering in a combination lighthouse golf course. I'm at the golf course. I'm at the lighthouse. I'm at the combination <laughs> golf course and lighthouse. <laughs> Come on down to joyland. All right. I think we should let people in on the plot, or at least yes. the blurb as it stands. I have with me two options. I have like a one sentence version, and then the version from the forbidden game.fandom.com, the wiki. I have a quick question for you. Yes, I have an answer. Are we going to skip all of the other stuff we normally do? Mm, it sounds like I was about to, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's true. Because I, I just looked at the next thing and it said blurb. Right. <laughs> I haven't even had a drink. No. Do you do you need to? Do you I feel like you should. I've got too much anger. And it's not you know even at this book. That? Drinking. Alcohol. Booze. Alright, let's find out. Oh god, what did I do to my mouth? So what are you drinking now that you bring it up? <laughs> well, first off, I want people to know that here at Backlist and Chill, we read old books and then we drink about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm drinking, I'm going to get it wrong, but Wollersheim Absinthe Blanche. Delicious, absolutely delicious. And then I made some homemade lemon simple syrups, just fucking water and lemon juice and sugar, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise there would be no sugar, no sweetness, because I couldn't get out to the store to get some ginger ale. Understandable. <sighs> yeah. And to top it all off, I have Nixie brand watermelon mint sparkling water which i really like it kind of tastes like bubblegum so it's basically like lemon bubblegum and then licorice and i wanted to call it joyland oh that's good you wanted to it sounds like there's a butt coming (laughs) uh no i do i i call it joyland Um, I am currently in the process of deciding if this is joyful. No, I think it's actually um, quite fitting because, so let's mix it up again. Okay, so it's three flavors, right? (laughs) Yes. It goes from 
mm, that's very sweet on my tongue. I like it. To what is this weird thing in the middle? To, mm, okay, good aftertaste. And I feel like that's that's appropriate. That's Julian. Wait, so what is the weird thing in the middle? I don't know. Is I haven't... Shadow Man? Yeah, probably. It's like, oh, I'm at Joyland. Joyland is great. Oh, no, now I'm in the Shadow Realm and Joyland is terrible. And now <laughs> everything is done and it's good. Good flavor in my mouth at the end there. <laughs> this, is what, this is what L.J. Smith was shooting for mm-hmm. when she wrote this book. A good flavor in your mouth at the end. <laughs> I don't think L.J. Smith was shooting for anything in my mouth at the end. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, no, nobody writes like this and is not shooting for something in your mouth, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna choke and die. <laughs> Fine, I'll, 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 I'll allow it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> All you're out of order. <laughs> Continue, Ms. Sina. What are you drinking? Mm, so I wanted to get fucked up <laughs> it's been a bad week Aww. and i deserve it <laughs> so you do deserve it thank you i do and i am deserving it currently i made a drink called a sacrifice oh it's a gebo yes which i'm obviously renaming gebo yes it is tequila <laughs> all right so there you go yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you Off know. you go. I mean, it's my standard shit. It's tequila, it's orange juice, it's orange liqueur, it's lemon juice. And I was supposed to have simple syrup, but I didn't feel like making it, so I didn't. And that's the end. All right. Does it need more sugar, or did you add any sugar to it? Oh, no. I just added a lot of orange juice. Yeah, okay, that's that's smart. Yeah. It sounds good. It is good. It just tastes like orange juice that also has tequila in it. So, like, slightly worse orange juice. <laughs> but uh, in my picture that I put on Twitter that you can see, yes, I added just a, a little dab of raspberry liqueur as yeah. the, the sacrifice. Yeah. I saw that, and I thought that was super cool. And I knew you were going to explain what it was, but just so you know, <laughs> I loved that. Thank you. I had to do something to make it not boring. Yeah. No, it's good. And I'm glad. I think orange and raspberry go well together. Yeah, you can't really taste it, but... Eh. Well, that's very good. I like that. So my my other thought before I decided I wanted to make a Joyland, like, in specific... Yes. Um, I really liked the phrase, ineffable suffering. Of course you did. Of course I did. Like, I saw that and I was like, oh, shit. And then I said, no, no, I got the bubblegum tasting sparkling water for this purpose. <laughs> That's good. It was a good pairing of theme and flavors. Yeah, I, I think our Joyland and our Sacrifice Rune Gebo over there. This is good. All right. So now we'll move on to discussing the book. Sounds good. Right. So as I said, I have a one sentence blurb. I'm going to read that. And then I'm going to read the one from the Forbidden Game fan wiki. Okay. Okay. So this is the one from Goodreads. Forbidden Game number three, The Kill. To rescue her boyfriend Tom and her cousin Zach from the evil Julian, Jenny Thornton and her friends, Audrey, Michael, and Dee, venture into the shadow world, armed only with a set of runes that hold the key to the doors of hell. That's it. That's the Goodreads one. Okay. I think yeah. it's it's good. You know, it's a good little, like, elevator pitch blurb, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't do a whole lot more. 
than than that. So let's see. I haven't read this one. Let's see what the fandom wiki one is. It was Julian's last challenge before he disappeared into the shadow world, taking Jenny Thornton's boyfriend Tom and her cousin Zack. If you want them, come on a treasure hunt. But remember, if you lose, there's the devil to pay. Jenny, Audrey, Michael, and Dee had burned their bridges, leaving their families behind to enter the shadow world with a set of rooms, magical letters that open the doors of hell. They're lost in an amusement park nightmare, at Julian's mercy as they look for Tom and Zack. Jenny's only clue is a gold coin, Julian's gift, and Julian himself, more beautiful, more seductive, more dangerous than ever, and determined to make her his bride. I feel like that one's more atmospheric and spooky. That is also what's on the back of the uh, single cover. Good. I was hoping it was because I looked around Goodreads and (laughs) even the like old, the farthest back you can get edition Mm -hmm. starts with like best-selling vampire diaries, (laughs) LJ Smith. Also, there's a consumer sweepstakes inside here. And I'm like, what? That's such a shame. It is. So I, I think that overall they've done a good job with the blurbs. I'm very picky mm-hmm. with the blurbs, and uh, these are great. Yeah, no, they didn't tell us too much that time, so that's nice. Yeah, and obviously, like you couldn't read this one last or on, on first, rather you have to read it last. Right? Why would you? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you picked up a single book and you're just like, I guess I'll read this one. It's like, oh, you skipped everything. You are incredibly inattentive because the cover says volume three right on the front. (laughs) Pay more attention, kid. So do you have the single? I do not, unfortunately. But we should talk about the cover to the single because it is the best one. I agree. So uh, the cover to the single is an illustration of Jenny and Julian in front of a background of just assorted uh amusement park accoutrement. Like it's just chaos. I love it. Yeah, it's just it's just shit everywhere. You like you want a creepy fucking like German milkmaid doll in the background? <laughs> we got that for you. You want a Ferris wheel? We got that. You want just like a fucking mime in the background screaming? <laughs> we got that too. The mimes have they stopped screaming, Jenny? <laughs> Julian, they were never screaming. Aren't they? Aren't they? (laughs) Julian, what are you talking? You're trying to make this theme fit. And I feel like you just (laughs) didn't really think about the fears that I gave to you. And instead just use something that you wanted to use, which is is fine. (laughs) But you can't then act as though it was... I'm afraid of them. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> if we're gonna play dread, you need to listen to my answers. <laughs> yeah. Why why else would I fill out a character sheet that long? There were twenty questions, Julian. I filled them out in multiple paragraphs each. You could have used something. Screaming mimes? No, I didn't oh my god. Oh my god, you're not even listening to me. He's not. He's never listening to her. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah, there's a screaming mime in the background, you know. It's probably supposed to be a clown. It does not look like one. it does not. Uh, And then you have Jenny in her button-up denim shirt. And she's standing in front of what is clearly the door that they... Favorite part. With the rune wheel behind her. So good. And then you have Julian on the other side looking at her with a sultry glare. 
probably the best Jillian, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Most accurate, wearing a vest, wears yep. a vest a lot in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the little arm circlet that he also wears. Yep. It's a, it's a good Jillian. And then it's accurate. I love the color palette on this one, too. It's extremely day-glow yeah. 90s. I feel like it's walking into the House of Horrors kind of thing. Yes. Just that bright, bright pink and bright, bright yellow alternating for the title, which is The Forbidden Game, which is up at the top. Volume three, Step Into the Devil's Playground. <laughs> Devil is capitalized. Ugh, it's just good. Good color combination. Good job, illustrator. Yeah. I love the way that they use that, like you said, day glow yellow as highlights on the characters, too. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. sets them within the scene much better than last time. That one was just like, you phoned it in. <laughs> yeah, the, the color palette is much more like unified on this one. It just yeah. makes more sense. And while the first one is fun and like very iconic in that sense of like yeah that's the forbidden game first book cover Mm -hmm. they didn't they didn't really pay attention enough to what was inside like they did with some stuff but the fucking elves with the tails like why oh my god that will forever be the biggest what the fuck of of any illustrated cover just like why why is that there (laughs) there's not even just two of them you chose this god literally any any other scene even just a better illustration of the paper house would have yeah. been amazing. Right? Because that was the most important part. Maybe right. like a time, you know, running down kind of thing. Like anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Yeah. I don't know. I think they uh, they cleaned it up with the first omnibus. I think that one looks very nice. Mm. But of the singles, definitely the best. Yeah. Those one's great. I love it. Now, we did uh, in the last episode discuss deciding... Which Julian, best Julian? Oh, this Julian, best Julian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay, yes. Good. Yeah. All right, then I guess we are on to rough plot. So, this book opens, and they're on a fucking plane. Mm-hmm. No, no futzing around, just boom, we are already on the plane. We are off to fucking Pittsburgh. We've all lied to our parents, and we've stolen a bunch of money. Great. It is Jenny, D, Audrey, and Michael. There's a two little good, like, spooky bits on the plane where Jenny has a weird dream about some weird little gnome dude being like, will you come with us? We can carry you. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want that. They're in, like, an elevator. And she's like, no, that's not what I'm up to. And she can't, like, get out of the elevator because when it opens, there's just another elevator and he's there again. When she wakes up, Michael says that, I had a dream and Summer's head was like on a platter and she was talking to me. And everybody's just like, we don't want to fucking hear about it, Michael. (laughs) Including us. Including us, the people reading about it. I don't care, Michael. Right. Don't want to know, Michael. Stop threatening us with the presence of Summer. I don't appreciate it. God, please. And then the plane like plummets, but it's just, you know, it's just a spooky R.L. Stein kind of jump scare <laughs> at the end of a chapter. It was just some turbulence. Don't mind us. Can we pause briefly and discuss uh, how great this opening is? Like of all of the books, this is by far the best opening. Yes, it absolutely is. I love how quickly we're into it. It's extremely funny. 
the whole opening tension of like, oh no, the stewardess is gonna fucking shake us down about being runaways, and then it's nobody just like, knows, kids. Nobody knows. Nobody cares, kids. Also that, like, nobody gives yeah. a shit. I love her just being like, debate team, on our way. Got 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 sick. Our chaperone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like over and over in her head. I was like, Jenny, nobody fucking cares, <laughs> right? And then just like. Who ordered the fruit platter? <laughs> D, your stupid fruit platters. <laughs> extremely funny how tense everybody is. The mm-hmm. way LJ describes it, the fucking punchline of the fruit platter, the punchline of D being the only one who's not freaked out and yet is the source <laughs> of all of their stress. Yeah, she made all of you freak out. It's all very funny. I just want to clap, 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 congratulate LJ because this this is a banger opener. Yeah, this opener is. Just perfect. Like the pre, the first book was, you know, it's like a good scene, but we're dealing with like just weird stuff of her being like these tough boys, you know, and then mm-hmm. the whole like lingering ghost of the the riots and like just weird. Like it, it's better once they get in the the more games. Mm-hmm. The second one opens with literally a psycho killer <laughs> who's gonna grow up and murder people because he started with animals getting murdered, mm-hmm. and then Jenny like. Being a racist Karen. That's just not great. This one, this one's perfect. This one is exactly what I want out of Forbidden Game. It's good. And I, I think like a big part of it is the agency that the characters have taken. Like they are literally runaways. They are yeah. accountable to no school, no parents. They have stolen money and they mm-hmm. are on their fucking own. And that is, that's a very fun like kid fantasy, I think. Yeah. It's where you want them to be because they're dealing with other worldly forces they right. can't be beholden to hey kids lights out it's after bedtime right nobody has to worry about telling their parents they're studying it other people's like no they they have left the fucking state flown across the country yeah they just like left a note and we're like i owe you money bye <laughs> i would also like to note that they they mentioned that the strategy that they pursued was uh taking $200 a day from each of their parents' credit cards, which is presumably an amount that the parents wouldn't notice. I love how fucking rich these kids are and think that they're not. I know. I wish that somebody could take $200 out of my bank account for three days and I would not notice. And like, you know, sure, we didn't have alerts back then, but that's $200 in like 90, what, 94 money? Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. Granted, I still think they probably could deal with only having $600 each today, which Mm kind of says something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, that is a lot of money that your parents don't notice and that your bank doesn't flag. Yeah. So, fucking not rich, my left tit, Jenny. Ugh, I'm not rich. Like, you would think that D would, or not D, um, Audrey would have no problem with this. Right. I I feel like Jenny would have no problem with this. Mm Mm-hmm. It surprises me that Dee has access to this, mm-hmm. um, not because her mother doesn't have the money, because, like, obviously her mother and her grandmother right. have money, um, but just that, like, she has access to her mother's card enough to do this. Michael's the one that really surprises me. You've got a fucking sci-fi author, dad, single parent. Clearly mid-list. Yeah, right? So, yeah, like, I don't think all of them got $600. <laughs> you think Audrey covered Michael? I think Audrey covered Michael, yeah. Fair enough. They're going to end up sharing finances anyway. (laughs) They are. They are on the relationship escalator. (laughs) But yeah, it's 
it is absolutely the way you gotta be with this kind of otherworldly fantasy. You just gotta go. Yeah, it's very fun. You're gonna they're gonna go find a way into the shadow world. They're gonna do it without their parents' permission. Fuck yeah. the man. Uh another part that makes me be like, wow, these people have money was that the grandfather's house had never been sold. Oh my god, right? Even even from a perspective of something bad happened here, let's just sell grandpa's house and get the fuck out of here. Clearly they just left it, I guess, maybe in case grandpa came back. But like, I assume that after a while, mom would be next of kin. He's declared legally dead because no one's heard from him. You would sell that fucking house. But they don't have to. They can just have a house in Pittsburgh that no one's ever going to use. They don't even rent it. Right? And they keep on the housekeeper, apparently? Yeah! They have a fucking alarm system, because apparently it's worth having an alarm on. The electricity? Yeah. Ridiculous. This is too much money. The fucking 90s economy of these people. Ugh. Some ridiculous stuff that, like, I don't even express my disbelief on. I just express my, like, amazement. Right. Right. I'm not calling bullshit. I'm just no, not at all. impressed, I guess. Right? You don't even use this house as your, like, summer house when you go up to Pittsburgh and visit Joyland and the lake and stuff like that. No. It just sits there and rots. Yeah, that's the wildest part. They they left all the shit in there. They covered it with some sheets. They yeah. pay for the electricity and the alarm every month. And that's <laughs> it. Yeah. I assume that, like, Grandpa must have paid off the mortgage. So it's, I guess it's just his. I mean, apparently Grandpa could afford to fuck off and go on trips all the time, so he was apparently fine with money. That's true, that's true. He was some kind of scholar. You know, he studied stuff. He brought us presents, that's the important part. He brought us presents, so he must have gone somewhere. (laughs) So we discussed all the stuff about there's a housekeeper and they've got to get the key but in the meantime they've got some time to kill because she won't be back until like seven according to her daughter and jenny like she sees this bus go by with a poster of joyland and that was in her dream she'd seen a poster of joyland and was like let's go there i just have a feeling let's go so they they waste some of their money it's not a waste to get on this (laughs) bus and go to joyland and they have just kind of like a mostly normal afternoon. I, I like this for them. Mm-hmm. They've had such a stressful fucking time. They can just like take a moment to have a, a fun montage and that it's useful. Like on this reread for me, mm-hmm. a lot of it is very telegraphed mm-hmm. because like, you know, what's up? Yeah. But it, it, it's good. Like, I feel like this is a very tight story. Um, Economic might be the word. Sure. And, you know, you give these characters a chance to see the real Joyland before they're, you know, later on, spoilers, uh, brought into the Shadow World Joyland. (laughs) So they get, like, some sense of what should be here so that when it's not normal, they can be like, this is not normal. Everyone be afraid. Right. No, it's it's very good, especially because you don't have to have Jenny being like, well, this was what it was like when I was a kid. Yeah, they saw it. There was one moment in the park where she makes a comment about, oh, it used to be the old arcade and it had these like wooden machines rather than these shiny new pinball machines and whatnot. And even that's important. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was very pleased with that. Um, they get to see Leo the paper eating lion, which is just like a fun little trash can to amuse children, basically. I don't understand how more children aren't afraid of this thing. <laughs> because we even see that there are other normal fucking trash cans around. 
So he's just like a little moment of amusement. And like a lady rolls rolls up with her stroller and her kid and is like, do you want to feed him? And kid's like, meh. I love Jenny in this scene, too, because she is so freaked out, rightfully so, mm-hmm. by this lion. And the lion keeps saying, like, incredibly ominous things. And you know it's Julian, just 100% <laughs> fucking with her. I bet I'll have a tummy ache tomorrow. <laughs> You're just like, what? Leo's always hungry. You're like, no. As this child is inching closer and closer to throw away his trash. And then finally, Jenny's just like, nope. We're ending nope. this. This is not I am happening. not watching this eat a child. <laughs> and the mom is just looking at her like, what is this teenager doing? Are you hot? <laughs> <laughs> I love Jenny because she's like embarrassed and she's she, she doesn't know why she did that, but she does not move her hand. Right? She's like, find a regular fucking trash can that isn't discussing how it could eat you. <laughs> and... While they're there, they run into some children who are playing a game where they have to find doubloons, because if you can find them hidden throughout the park, if you get three of them, you can be among the people who are first on the new attraction. Collect three gold doubloons and be the first to set foot on Treasure Island. And at this point, like that's one of those telegraphed moments where it's like, he said treasure hunt, Jenny, come on. Yeah, yeah. But why would it be? Why would she think that? Oh, and then they play a one of those little, like fishing games mm-hmm. um i've never seen a fishing game quite like this i usually see like the duck games where you like magnetize a duck mm-hmm. and and you see what the number is and that gets your prize but when she pulls up her rod it's the ring dun 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 jillian's fucking got you yep fuck it i'm out and I- they go and get the key to her grandfather's house from the housekeeper and head back. Mm-hmm. There's a like a nice scene where everybody gets to kind of like recognize something from different cultures in the basement that I felt gave it a very oh yeah absolutely all of these kids have different backgrounds mm-hmm. but it's like almost too little too late elder. They bring up Michael's Jewish heritage a lot a lot more in this book than they have in any of the other ones because his Jewish heritage didn't even exist in the other ones. There was like a dropped line he was just here coded. Or there. Yeah. Yeah. He was just very coded as a young Jewish boy. And this time it's like, oh no, Michael is in fact Jewish. You're like, right. All right. Weird to throw it all in now. Not that we didn't know it. I mean, that does that does sound like LJ, right? Miss Meredith Sulez. Don't worry about it. She's definitely yes. Hispanic. I think it's because she only had these four characters for so long. <laughs> she was like, oh shit, I haven't talked about Michael at all. And it's like, yeah. We noticed, because we love him. Right? It's it's fair, though. I'm here for the Michael content. Please tell me more about poor Michael. So as much as I do love Michael and Audrey, Mm -hmm. I would have much preferred to see a character like Michael Mm -hmm. in the Tom role. Dude. Someone that was just kind-hearted and very good and, like, not, like, a sporty, traditionally handsome popular kid but just someone that jenny loved yes yes and who loved her back yes 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 (laughs) i fucking sat down and wrote a goddamn thesis about this this afternoon like oh i love you but yes that is 100 percent one of the biggest problems of this book and this series is that you don't understand why jenny is 
choosing Tom. Like you don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I don't. There's nothing to it. And like, absolutely, you are right that 100% the fix is to make Tom a fucking character. Give make <laughs> Tom give Jenny some sort of emotional something, as opposed to just we've always been together. Right. Like, there's so much. Should we continue or should we just? Should I don't know. I guess, like, since we've brought it up, right, we could just talk about that. Okay. So here's here's the thing. Tom sucks. Tom. Tom sucks. Tom sucks. I'm sorry for the character of Tom that he was written as this character. I'm sorry for him that he sucks. He's so not appealing, which is a wild fuck up. On LJ's part. Because everybody else is so good. Well, and because you need Tom to be Mm -hmm. worth rejecting Julian for. And he is not. (laughs) It's that. Because even in this book, she considers not necessarily rejecting Tom, but accepting Julian. Mm -hmm. It's never about, I will reject Tom and accept Julian. It's, I could see a world where I accepted Julian if he had been nicer about it. (laughs) Right. And... So if if Jenny is choosing not Julian for Jenny, like if it was, I am rejecting your coldness, I'm rejecting your alien cruelty, because for me, it's important to be like a caring human being. And like, I, I care more about staying in this world with my friends. That is a more acceptable reason right. to reject Julian. And, and she was ever close to that. She was ever close to choosing Team Jenny. But ultimately, every time... <laughs> it felt like every time L.J. Smith wrote herself into a corner with that, mm-hmm. it was, ooh, luckily there's Tom. Yeah, it it was such lip service, right? Because there are, there are moments where Jenny says stuff like, because uh, Julian shows up and he's like, oh, you're not thinking about Tom. And Jenny's like, I don't have to think about him every moment of the day to which still... i loved yeah it's a great sentiment but then yeah. like a few chapters later jenny's like i'm always thinking about tom he's the undercurrent of my thoughts there's never a moment when he's not on my mind and it's like i express my disbelief right it's like what which one lj yeah <laughs> which which way are you telling the story because i like one and i don't like the other right like is jenny choosing jenny or is Jenny always thinking about Tom? He's just, yeah. he's her, her compass. He's her, her fucking north. He's her center. Like, <sighs> no, it is a much more interesting story to have Jenny be like, I'm here to get my boyfriend and my cousin, but I'm choosing myself and my world for me. Right. And like you said, there were opportunities, right? Because this is the book that has Jenny's like thought experiment, right? Where she Yes. She has that very nice moment where she's like, What if I said yes? Yeah, what if? What would happen? Just can't go wrong thinking about how that would look. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna like actually let myself think about it for like ten seconds. And she's like I would be a terrible queen and all would love me in despair. Like, my friends would be here and I would make them love me too. Right? But she has that thing of like, I, I might miss humanity, but like that would pass. And maybe there would be people that I could care after in the shadow world. Like, I love that. Which is like servants to, to wait on me and for me to care about or protect or something. And I'm like, that is such an interesting way to look at servants. It, it is. And it's not even like 
I will never see my friends again. She's like, no, Dee and Audrey will visit and they'll envy different aspects of this and yeah. it'll be great. Dee will love my power and Audrey will love my like glamour. My nice things. But then she's like, if I had all of that, is there anything else that I would want? And guess what? It's fucking not. It's not... I would want my friends. I would miss the summer. I would miss the warmth. I would miss the sunlight. I would miss living a human life. It's none of that. It's I would want Tom. Just Tom. Full stop. Tom. And that is not, that is not the way I would think about it. I would be like, well, Julian needs to like get over himself and discover polyamory. (laughs) Right? She even says she's like, I'd want Tom and Julian would never let me have him. So I guess that's just a deal breaker. Like, really, all of that, all of that, and the deal breaker is you won't let Tom be there. Like, you gotta teach Julian to (laughs) chill the fuck out. It's so frustrating to have this very, like, crystallizing moment where Jenny, like, chooses not Julian, because that is the moment where she decides he's not for me. Not Julian, yeah. And for that to be boiled down to... I want the shitty boyfriend that I currently have because he's been my shitty boyfriend since I was seven. It's just the worst reason to reject an immortal sex god. Like, (laughs) that's terrible. Here's your Jareth. Right? (laughs) So, like, there's so much, especially in this book, that is very reminiscent. Like, there's almost literal lines referencing Labyrinth. And it makes me think about how Sarah is choosing, you know, she's choosing Toby, she's choosing her human life, her life as a young girl, instead of staying here and being the Goblin Queen. Mm -hmm. And it would have been so much more interesting to see that for Jenny. Mm -hmm. For her to just be like, I could be the Goblin Queen and be here, or the Shadow Queen, and be here, but I'd have to give up everyone. Everyone, not just, you know, my boyfriend, mm-hmm. everyone, the cousin I'm here to save, the friends who are here with me, like that would have been so much more. Right. But that's, that ultimatum is never on the table. It's literally only Tom. Yeah, it's only Tom. And like, if we want to be charitable, we could look at Tom as maybe being like the embodiment or representing like this humanity because she associates him with like taking care of her and her taking care of him and their childhood and like all of the tender emotions that she has for him. But even if that were the case or the intention. Very charitable. The only thing we know about Tom as a partner is the like shitty version of Tom that we saw in book one the shitty version of Tom that we saw in book two, where he was weird and possessive and couldn't get over her being attracted to somebody else. Incapable of leaving her to do her own thing, and yet not being there for her in the ways that she asked. Right. Incapable of trusting or respecting her as like a human being. Tom needs some fucking therapy. (laughs) And then we get to this book where Tom is like a sexy lamp. So he's not even present. I mean, as we discussed last time, you know, the the snake and the wolf were like, all right, buddy, you only have to come back for the last session. (laughs) Right? He's a fucking MacGuffin. Like, you didn't even need to take Zach. (laughs) No. No, Zach is 100% extraneous to this whole situation. 
Yeah. All Zach is is like a couple of paragraphs where LJ has to insist that Jenny also wants to rescue Zach, but not as much as she wants to rescue Tom. I feel like I remember being upset because I really like Zach. Mm-hmm. That she constantly mentions, well, not constantly, but anytime she mentions Tom, it's like a one in five chance that she also mentions Zach. <laughs> she rolled the dice. Yeah. And she's like, this time I do not think of Zach. No. Oh, look at that. I think of Zach. And I felt so bad because this poor fucking kid, he he's a part of this friend group. You would think that Michael and him would have connected. Mm-hmm. Instead, it feels like Jenny is the only one trying, you know, I mean, obviously they're there to get him, but yeah. Jenny's the only one who thinks of him. Yes. Michael isn't like, Tom and Zach are my best friends and I, I, I can't fail them. No, nobody, it, it feels like the rest of Jenny's friend group is there for Jenny and not really yeah. for Tom or Zach. Like, we know from the last book that Tom and Michael are friends enough that when Michael's dad is, like, off on a book tour, he goes and spends the week with Tom. But other than that, (laughs) there's, like, no connection other than, well, Michael is Audrey's boyfriend. Yeah. And hangs out with Tom. The boyfriends hang out together. Yeah. And, And even in that, like, very tenuous web, Zach is on his own arm that only connects to Jenny. Yeah. He's just there because he's the same age. And he's, yeah, he's the cousin. Weird. He's the weird he's cousin. He's done dirty. Yeah. You, I remember you talked in the last episode about like, oh, I wasn't happy with Zach's arc. And in this one, I was just like, he doesn't even have an arc. He's just no. there. He's just there. And we'll, we'll talk about the end when we get to the end because mm-hmm. you know I have some fucking feelings. I know. And it's worse now. Like, I was mad to begin with, and now I have, like, oh, this is why I'm mad about it. <laughs> you, can, you can, like, articulate what the fucking yeah, problem is. I've got the words. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. it's just, the Tom is such a huge problem for this. It yeah, just... It, we needed Michael to be, not not Michael necessarily, but we needed a Michael-like character yes. to be Tom. Yeah. I, and you could have two. You could have two Michael-like characters, and, like... Two good little nerdy boys mm-hmm. who get along and are friends. And and that's why they're friends, because they're very similar. You could I feel like she tried to make up for Tom being just sort of a in again, like a an object, right? Because in the, mm-hmm. the first book it's just like, oh, he's my boyfriend and he's a handsome football star and everybody loves him. And so you should too, reader. Like yeah. She kind of tried to give Tom some stuff going on in the second book, but the problem it was it was just all... made him unlikable. Yeah, it just made him worse. And it's not that I don't believe that Jenny cares about him because it's all she fucking talks about. Little Tommy yeah. behind the bushes, blah blah blah. We had this one time where we kissed, and ever since then I've been like, "Yep, that's it. He's the boy for me." Dude, that's the other thing I noticed. Jenny doesn't have any intimate like sexual tension scenes with Tom. I. I think they kiss once. All right, wait. So they kiss once in this book because it's once they've been rescued. Mm-hmm. I think they go to kiss once in the second book. The car scene. Yeah. So they don't even kiss there. Fuck. I, I can't remember it if they kissed, but I feel like they didn't. <laughs> no. In the first one. Yeah. And if they did, it was just like a, you know, a quick kiss. Like there's no like emotional or like tension there's nothing with tom and it's like what are you doing lj if you're not gonna put that in here why is she choosing tom like why do we care about this i so another possible way to fix this 
is if Julian chose now, mm-hmm. because he could see that Jenny and Tom, who had been friends forever, and one time he stole a little kiss when they were in second grade, and or make her steal the kiss. Um, and now it looks like she's going to ask him out on a date on his birthday. Make them not be together forever and always. Like, mm-hmm. make Julian's choice be, oh, I see, you have grown up and you are ready for a boyfriend. Yeah, I can't let that happen. It's got to be me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not hard to make Tom an appealing choice. Yeah. Where she could be like, I'm doing this for Tom. I would do it for anyone. And then be like, ah, but I'm doing it for Tom because I love him in a different way. Yeah. And then you could, you could, as a reader who is reading, you know, this at least partially for like the romance, right? Mm -hmm. Then you could get that burgeoning romance with Tom and not- will they, won't they? Right. And not just with Julian, which is like, as a reader, going to predispose you to not liking Tom if he's never having these interactions. <laughs> and if everything you hear is... Because you wouldn't even have to change much of the Jenny-Tom dynamic before book one. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, Jenny, you're always trying to show off for Tom. We, Everyone except Tom seems to know that you've got a huge crush on him <laughs> and have had a huge crush on him. And boys have asked you out a whole bunch and you always say no because we know that you really want Tom to ask you out. And like, I wear my hair this way because Tom commented about it one time and said, oh, it looked nice. And and I, I noticed that he likes it when I wear these dresses. So like, I want him to fucking ask me out. <laughs> like, all of the stuff that feels like super creepy mm-hmm. could instead be Jenny's choices to try to like attract this mate and granted yeah you still need to give him a fucking personality yeah it's it's a wild wild misstep that makes this book difficult to enjoy because even before like the end happens and I you know we'll talk about it even before then you're just sitting there like why though why Jenny why Tom? Why? I know why you think you want Tom, but it's a bad yeah, but decision, prove it Jenny. To me. Yeah, exactly. LJ, Lisa Jane Smith. Tell me, the reader, why? Yeah. Why should I give a fuck? Like, you can't just put two beautiful blonde people together and be like, doesn't it make sense? <laughs> they've, been, they've been together since they were in second grade. I mean, obviously. <laughs> what else would they be? It's why the Audrey Michael romance is so much better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They care about each other, and they ever have, like, stuff that is confusing. Mm-hmm. But it's because they're teenagers. Like, when Audrey goes to the senior prom with a senior, she's a junior. hmm And she's like, I'm going to this prom. And Michael's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I'm alone. But it's not my prom, so fine. Do what you want. I also love that about him. Mm-hmm. That he's just not threatened by it, even though I'm sure he's sad. Yeah. But, like... It shows a level of trust, and, you know, he fucking worships her. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then, of course, their their whole arc in this comes to a f- completion. Like, <laughs> when your side character's romance comes to a completion, <laughs> and it's good, and your main character's romance just feels, like, so fucking flat, <laughs> reverse those characters. It's, yeah, it's another issue is that, like, all of the advancement, like, that we get with Jenny and Tom. You know, it, Jenny has her whole thing of like, I can be my own person. I don't have to be what Tom wants and, and he'll still be with me, all of that stuff. But like, 
then all of the stuff that they assert is growth for Tom is just stuff that Jenny like projects onto him. Yeah, we don't see him make any fucking growth. No, even at the end, there's Oh my god. That moment. That right, <laughs> yes, that that moment of Tom being rescued and then immediately trying to take charge and everybody just being like, Who are you? Oh no, boy. Yeah. What are you doing? You didn't rescue you. We rescued you. Jenny rescued you. <laughs> right? Where have you been, sir? We we follow Jenny now. Jenny is team captain? Thank in you. In this town. Yeah, we voted. It's her now. <laughs> You're out. You were never in, but you're definitely out. So just even at the end, after Tom is supposed to have had all of this growth, for him to still not really see Jenny as an equal is so frustrating. And especially because we we just got off the second book, where at the very end, Jenny makes a big, huge fucking deal about we are equals now. But, you know, and we complained about it in the last podcast, or I guess I suppose we we rightly criticized (laughs) that Tom wasn't trusting Jenny he was just being like, I just wanted to be near you if she died, you know, and whatever happened. It's like, dude, you could have just trusted her. Right? Tom's arc in the last book is forgiving Jenny for looking at another man because he still wants to <laughs> fuck her. That's Tom's arc. Tom's arc in the final book is recognizing that he's not top dog for five seconds and letting someone else be in charge, even though he was never in charge in any of the other fucking books. Yeah, no. And and maybe that's because he immediately got kidnapped, but he did immediately get kidnapped. So we didn't see that fucking dynamic get established. Yeah, we could have seen that get established in book two. But instead, he spent the whole time playing fucking weirdo stalker in the shadows. Well, and even at the end of this book, Jenny does the same thing that she did at the end of the last book, where like, Tom puts a hand on her shoulder or something, and she's like, and it wasn't a controlling hand or a possessive we hand. Are equals. It was an I am equal hand. It's like, how Jenny. do you know that? You're not in his head. <laughs> what are you? You're reading so much into this very tiny gesture, Jenny. It, it says that Jenny, and I honestly, I'm not even sure if Tom put this on her, but it says that Jenny feels like she's always been less than. Mm hmm. Tom, that she's always needed Tom to protect her, blah, blah, blah. And that she now feels like she doesn't need that and that they can just have a relationship. She has put a lot of weird shit on herself, which is ultimately LJ putting a lot of weird shit on Jenny. Yeah. It's just unhealthy. (laughs) Right. And I don't doubt for a minute that that is what LJ intends to be canon, right? Like, I... Yeah. I 100% believe that now in LJ's eyes, Tom and Jenny are equals and they recognize that they're equals and blah, 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 blah. But even though we never get Tom's perspective or any fucking words of the the like. Nope. We only get Tom's perspective when he's being a creep. But she tells us that. She does not show us that. The most basic of of writing criticisms, but it is 100% applicable here. Right. Because you can't. It's not always bad. To just tell, I, she has such a deft hand with being like, I tell you what happens so we can move on with the plot. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So good at that. But this is the emotions of your character. Yeah. I, I really need to see it. This is the crux of your fucking love triangle. You gotta give yeah. me more, LJ. More than Jenny being like, ah, oh, yes, we are equals. You know, rose bushes, kiss, second grade, etc. You know, you know, right? I've said it like 18 times now. You guys are with me. And it's frustrating because 
the amount of people who are reading, or rather the age that the people are reading this mostly, mm-hmm. are, are high schoolers, are middle schoolers. So they're all of an age where they could think, oh gosh, I've always liked this boy, or I've, I've dated this boy for a little bit, maybe he's the one, or ooh, my next boyfriend could be my Tom, not that I think anyone would ever fucking think that. <laughs> no, but I thought nobody it's has what it ever feels had. Like. It's like she's trying to make people be like, you'll just find the one mm-hmm. and you'll know it and you'll find them early and that that's good and normal and desirable. That is, I listen, I don't want to put words in Lisa Jane's mouth, but many of her series revolve around the concept of soulmates, like literally faded. The moment we meet each other, we know. So I would not be surprised if that is. If if this is not explicitly but implicitly like Jenny's soulmate, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the only thing that we could do is have Julian be like, "I should have known," you know, when the two of you met. Blah blah blah. I was so jealous. Like that. That's the, that's the only fucking statement that didn't happen to prove <laughs> it otherwise. Yeah, it's and it's bullshit because you can in these soulmatey stories. You can end up with someone who is a fucking flat pancake of a character, mm-hmm. and you just have to fucking go with it. You just have to believe it. You just go, well, they're your soulmate. Mm-hmm. You don't know why, but you love them. It'll be interesting once we get into the night worlds where like, literally everybody has a soulmate, and that's what all the books are about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being upset about that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how many flat pancakes we get. <laughs> Because I'm sure we'll have some really interesting characters who are with just wet blankets, just just milk toast. Just, God, you just want to smear them on the wall and be like, I guess you're more interesting there. I'm very excited to find out because obviously the ones that stick out in the, my mind in my mind are the ones I like. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see, like, which one's kind of faded into the background. Like, oh, yeah, no, that one wasn't great. <laughs> be like, I forgot about you. That guy is a pancake. You're right. God, it's gonna be awful. I'll make a fucking chart. I Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> like, this one is a kind of fluffy pancake, but still a pancake. On a scale of child to Japanese jiggly pancakes, where does this guy fall? <laughs> this is like a crepe. <laughs> and not even a good one. Well, a crepe made by a small child. Because I actually don't even like crepes. Oh, my But gosh. that jiggly pancake. Oh, Ugh. I hope there's some jiggly pancakes. <laughs> They get in the house. Wait, wait, one, one thing real quick. All this being said, yes. I, I do want to know, any Tom stands out there? Anybody? Anybody? I don't hear anybody. Oh. <laughs> wait, hold on, pause. No? Okay, well, good. Unanimous. No, I am curious if there's <laughs> anybody who was actually legitimately invested in Tom and like literally anyway, please hit us up on Twitter. I would like to know. Yeah, it would be nice to know if, if, if LJ's interpretation of the character ever worked for someone. Right. Literally anybody. Yeah, because that, that would be nice to know. Um, Follow-up question, if you are. How many relationships have you had? <laughs> How did that go? Um, Yeah, no, I just, I can't imagine anyone liking Tom mm-hmm. still, like, to this day, having reread it. Because I could see maybe someone was young and they felt, oh, it's so great, true love, blah, blah, blah. If you liked Tom then, and you're listening to this and going, hey, I liked Tom, I want you to reread it. (laughs) And I want you to be honest with yourself. 
and tell me whether or not you think this is like a good, healthy relationship for a 16-year-old girl to be in. The kids are not the only ones burning bridges. Ollie fucking lighting it up tonight. <laughs> I'm like, hello, welcome back, listen, chill. Uh, where fuck you if you like Tom Locke? Get the fuck out. You know, that should have been our opener. Just lay it all out in the beginning. <laughs> Modern Bagless Season 9, Episode 3, if you like Tom Locke, shut us down. (laughs) There's the door, don't let it hit you, etc. There's nothing in here for you. Tip your waiter. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. No, it it is a good question, though. I I do want to know. Well, hit us up on Twitter. You can find us there. Anyway, sorry, continue. Okay, so they they get to the house, uh, they decide, you know, they're going to look through the books, they find a way to cross worlds, basically. And they do the, on the cover, there was that image behind Jenny of two concentric circles with the runes around it, and it was drawn or lit up in red. That's what they do. They carve, I think, like six different runes in between the lines, and then they stain it. Well, Jenny stains it with her blood, and then goes through the different names. And then, bam, like, and it's a cool scene. The wheel starts turning and sparking, and the room is flashing. Like, if any of these kids were epileptic, they would not have a good time with this. Where it's just like, <laughs> strobe, strobe, strobe. I'm like, mm, nope, not great. I'm imagining a Family Guy-esque scene where Julian just comes and he's like, oh, God. Oh, God, this is not what I intended. Oh, you are all on the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I did not know. If I knew, I would have put a warning on it so you could have looked away. Fuck, I am the worst. And he just slowly, like, backs out the door and then shuts <laughs> it behind him. Doesn't even fucking call 911. No. Nope. Weird-ass motherfucker. <laughs> you'll, you, you'll take care of this, right? Yeah, okay. okay bye, bye, bye. Oh, I think I hear somebody. Oh, is another shadow man calling me? Oh, goodbye. My shadow dad's calling. I gotta go. <laughs> shadow dad. Shadow Daddy. That's what Julian is. So (laughs) they get all their stuff and go through it and they're in Joyland. Yeah, surprise. I loved the image that stuck with me of them getting there is Jenny's flashlight catching on like a small yellow flower, like a smashed flower. Is that popcorn? (laughs) I'm like, yes, that's so good. I love that this is here. It's something that Jenny's familiar with. As they discuss, it's an archetypal horror thing. Like everybody's afraid of amusement parks right it harkens back to the first one where we discussed all of their fears were very ultimately primal as they got closer and closer like they were big wide fears and then like more specific fears but still fears that were pretty socially common down to like deeply personal fears Mm -hmm. and having it be at a, a amusement park carnival i love it i just love it It's a great setting, both for the horror aspect, for the scavenger hunt aspect. Very fun. Like, there's a lot of things that you can do to have adventure, to be creepy in an amusement park. It's a great, 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 great choice. And they they talk about how it is just creepy. Like, they can be creepy on their own, but now it's dark and it's abandoned. And they slowly realize that, like, yeah, no, it is abandoned. There's no one here. There should be maintenance people cleaning up. Oh, it's too late. No, it's really not. And trying to figure out, is this the real Joyland? Is it a fake Joyland? And then like, you know, they figure out that it's a fake Joyland. But it just goes from spooky to straight up horror in an instant when Dee puts her hand in the the little duck pond game. Yes. 
gross. Super gross. Like, you couldn't have any of the other stuff they could have done and had this happen later. No, they started with this one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we find out that, so Dee puts her hand in and something just instantly reaches up for her and grabs her. And they're trying to describe it. And ultimately, it is like a drowned but waterlogged Mm -hmm. dead body with no head that can move on its own. It has the, like, gross, bloated, bluish waxiness of such type of a body. The detail of Jenny's fingernails digging into the skin is something that has been in my head for 20 years. I can, like, smell it with the way the description is. L.J. Smith, for everything that we're, like, we joke about, her descriptions when it comes to the horror moments, no one does it like her. No, she's, it's so good. Like, the event itself is something that could be in, like, a Goosebumps book, right? Like, (laughs) it's it's very, you know, and then a skeleton popped out. It's a water jump scare. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just a jump scare. No, she, her details are very visceral. There's, like, I highlighted so so much. What you got? There are so many things just in that paragraph where it's just, like, her fingernails sinking in, her taking her hand back and seeing that the stuff is underneath her nails. Ooh. Like, it's it's skin is underneath her nails. Ugh. The moment where she stares directly into its neck stump. Ooh. And you don't get any more detail than that. You just get to imagine what this thing's neck stump looks like. Ooh. The detail of her having to wrap her arms around its waist and it's squishing, and I quote, <gasps> like an overripe peach. <gasps> like, there's, she's so good at putting these details in there that make this specific event just genuinely nightmarish for something that yeah. could have been very silly. Yeah, it could have just been something goofy. It was not. No. It was horrible. You know, we we learn later, like, there's reasons why some stuff is more horrifying than others. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just, it was really fucking good. So good. So gross. And at this point, they also start to realize that Julian isn't pulling this stuff from their nightmares again. Because Michael's like, well, maybe uh, my dad had a thing that was kind of made out of stuff that looked like that. They're like, yeah, but that was a mask and this thing didn't even have a head. And it's like, what is happening here? <laughs> the twist of michael like knowing essentially like what had happened to that body and like what made it that way it's like adipose adiposer i don't know some words i only have ever seen that <laughs> sure is there. one of them but yeah like he knew the specific like this is what happens to a dead body when it's been in the water for too long yep then jenny fucking realizes that it was slug it was one of those two boys who had followed her and then broken into the house and stolen the paper doll house which heightens the horror because this isn't just a prop. This was a human yeah. being that we've seen. That was a real dead body. Which then gets heightened by the nightmarish idea, oh god, what if Summer is somewhere in this park like this? What if Summer doesn't have a head? And that's why Michael was dreaming of her head. And we're going to run into her fucking bloated corpse. Like, if you really fucking sit back and think about the things that these teenagers are having to contemplate, In this book, it is like, sit down, wrap your arms around your knees and cry a little bit because that would be an awful thought. They like, some of the time do take a moment, like Jenny's freaking out and you can see that the others are also not having a great time. And Dee's like, we got, we we, we can't think about that. We gotta just, we gotta figure this out. Jenny's like, no, no, no. And Dee fucking slaps her. (laughs) She's like, okay, all right, I'm calming down. It's really rough for these poor kids, especially in a book that's like... 
year-olds, 16, 17-year-olds. I know. Especially in a book that's, like, nominally about the sexy demon lord, right? To just have to contemplate this kind of shit is, oof, rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said these were point horror. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she went hard on it this time, and I thank you. Yeah, it gets good. There's there's more stuff like this that is just like, woof, woof, buddy. Yeah. Oh, so they wander out every now and then. They run across little creatures that are like running through the area. And Jenny thinks maybe it's that thing from her dream, but they don't get a good look at it. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to need some weapons. So they head to the like um, mm-hmm. minecart ride kind of thing. Because they're like, yeah, there was there were weapons that they were holding. And I, I fucking laugh because... These places don't use real sledgehammers and real pickaxes in their props. It's all wood at the at the most. You know, fucking spray painted to look like a pickaxe. <laughs> but whatever. I'm a haunter, not you, LJ Smith. <laughs> so they go to try to get these weapons. And fine, they get it. And that's where things go wrong. Because, you know, Julia let them get to these weapons. But getting out? Oh no, now you're suddenly, like, going the wrong way. Oops, the room's getting smaller. Oops, gotta turn around. Yep, the tracks definitely didn't diverge before, and now one goes straight, and there's no track but a tunnel going that way. What do we do? Oh, look, the roof is caving in. Right? This fucking ride that you just walked into, which is a fucking skin-crawling idea to begin with. Mm Mm-hmm. Do not want it. So, they start to be in a cave-in, and Jenny gets separated. Um, she falls down like a mine shaft. So now comes like the best scene for me. This is the scene that I have been remembering since we started. Where she's in this cavern, she's in the dark, she's got her flashlight, it's barely working. It's not very big, but suddenly Julian's there. This is the first time we see Julian in the book. We are like 80 pages into it, I think. Mm-hmm. And he finally shows up. This is a much better intro. So good. Uh, yeah, it is. Like, I loved his dance scene mm-hmm, in the second mm-hmm. one, but he was so missing before then. Mm-hmm. This time, you could feel him there. He was watching. It was just a matter of when are you going to show up. <laughs> I want to say his his first lines that we get in this book are, Ragnarok, said a musical voice, means both a rain of dust and the end of the world. To the people who discovered the runes, I mean. Don't you think that's interesting? But that's how you fucking come on the scene, Julian. Yeah, it's another great, like, very adversarial scene between Jenny mm-hmm. and Julian, where Julian is all here for the, you know, the swagger to show off and, and impress Jenny. And Jenny is just like, this guy again. Can't believe I'm this doing this guy. a third time. But uh, Julian shows up in a vest without a shirt. Just, mm, mm, good. <laughs> Good nineties touches. Wearing like what black leather pants or something? I don't even know if she mentions their leather. It's just black pants and a vest without a shirt. Oh. He's like, hey Jenny, rocking these guns. <laughs> right. He just like sort of like casually stretches his arms so that it rides up a little bit and you can see his abs. <laughs> but um he shows up and i love that contrasted with julian and his continuous perfection jenny is in her fucking waterlogged canadian tuxedo which is maybe the most embarrassing thing that you could show up in front of julian in but right she's like lost a bunch of shit she's dusty she's like i think she comments about like how 
crispy her hair was or something <laughs> from like holding on to Slug's weird body and then like drying it off and c- trying to clean her clothes and her hair in the bathroom after like she's just not she's not doing hot. Yeah, and here's you know the Lord of Darkness right in front of you looking great eyebrow eyebrow wiggles. <laughs> And he's like, still think you're cute. Yeah, right. <laughs> Julia's just like, yeah, no, I'd still still hit it. Not a pose. <laughs> Not a pose of that. Add a pose you got on. <laughs> Julia's like, no, no. Don't wash your hands. I like it. <laughs> She's like, no, no. Gross. I don't like it. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. That was too far. That was a step too far. That's my bad. I was just trying to, you know, roll with it validate your choices this wasn't a choice i'm so sorry can we start over listen i'll snap and there's a sink right there you can wash your hands antibacterial soap if you want there's a shower (laughs) it doesn't have to be in a sexy way if you just want to get comfortable that's also fine (laughs) you can go in there with all your clothes on it's fine i I wouldn't though because you are wearing denim on denim which is it's a choice it's a choice but i i still love you anyway despite your flaws (laughs) You're rocking the the Britney Spears Justin Timberlake look going on here. I see. I tell you, it's rough. It's these this ninety fashion is not not held up. Ugh. We'll say that sure has not. At least they're not trying to be. No. So anyway, Julian shows up being very rude and sassy. <laughs> He's a rude little boy. <laughs> it's so good because he. He shows up and Jenny's like, "You invited me. Here I am." And he's like, "Yeah, and you're off to a bad start. Couldn't even avoid this simple trap." Don't even know what game you're playing. Wow. <laughs> Called out. I've been attacked. Thanks, Julian. It's true. I don't know any of this. I do love that he drags Jenny and her friends for that because not wrong. <laughs> you just open up this game and start playing it like it's fucking Monopoly. <laughs> You're playing Risk. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like he's the GM and they show up and they start telling him what they're going to do. And he's like, okay. And see how long it'll go until they figure out they don't know what they're doing. You don't even have a character sheet yet. What do you... <laughs> I was gonna... We thought we were using our characters from last time. This is gonna be session zero. We were gonna make a new... I... If you want to play the old characters, that's fine. This is fine. You... I had something else prepared, but we'll just see what happens, I guess. There is such a sense of him just rolling with whatever's being thrown at him in this, too. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You can cut, you get the feeling, especially as they go forward, that like he maybe didn't have this particular encounter prepared, but that's yeah. where they went. So, you know. Like, you did this. So I have to react to it as your GM. It is the code. <laughs> but my older brothers seem to be the ones who are controlling half the story, so... Good fucking luck. I didn't tell you I was co-DMing with them, did I? Ooh. See, this is why you had to sit down and make a character sheet. But no, you want to use your old, boring teenage characters. Fine. We were going to go over this before you started just playing, but, you know, you didn't want to stop. <laughs> the fucking four of them had, like, previously got together on Discord being like, all right, this is what I'm going to bring and I'm going to tell them this is on my sheet, <laughs> you know, and this is how we got all this money to get there, to get on that plane. It's like, you know, this isn't a healthy way to approach a gaming relationship. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me, sir? (laughs) After everything you put me through last time, I had to walk through fire that burned me like fire. (laughs) After the discussions that we had about you not respecting our boundaries, you're going to (laughs) come at me about healthy gaming relationships? I just think if you want it to go your way, it should also go my way. You know, this this can be a two-way street of respect. I thought that's where we were 
out. This is not the atmosphere that you have established, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like showing off 100%. He's like, do you want more light? And then he like traces a rune in the air that makes a fucking torch show up. And Jenny 100% stone cold just like. Because she knows he can do whatever the fuck he wants here. Watch me use real magic. She's like, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. And this is like one of the points where Julian is the most volatile. Because he gets so angry that she is not impressed by him. And her unimpressedness just makes him angry. And I'm like, oh, Julian, this doesn't look good on you. You know what looks good on you? Desperate longing. This, This is a bad look, hon. He must not have expected her to get this way. Like, he had all these games ready, but he never wanted to play them. He wanted to win in the first one. (laughs) He's pissed that he's still playing. He's like, I thought that we would be fucking 24-7 by now, and you're still dragging Tom into it. (laughs) And you're not impressed with my super cool magic that I've worked on for like 5,000 years. He keeps telling her, like, you don't want to get me angry. And Jenny's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was supposed to be impressed. And Julian's like fucking steam coming out of his ears. So mad. He is so easy to rile up, quite frankly. He's wildly easy to manipulate in general per Jenny, you know? Yeah. All she has to do is like be miffy. Yeah. All she has to do is be kind of pissy. All she has to do is be kind of, you know, like... Oh, no, you're right. You win. I surrender. Whatever it is, he falls for it every time. He's just around her finger. You know, she put that ring on. Uh Uh-uh. No. That was him. (laughs) She put him on her ring. On her finger. Right. Oh, it's great. The wrapped around the finger thing, his best quality by far. Yeah. It's what lets him be so good in this book. Yeah. So... She's like, okay, well, well, fucking tell me then, dude, what are we here for? What are we playing? And he's like, man, I gave you so many hints and you still haven't picked them up. Because <laughs> none of you fucking listen. It's going to cost you. And uh, Jenny is so mad. She's like, you're horrible. Do you know that? And Jillian says, I'm as cruel as life, as cruel as love. <laughs> you know that people fucking used to quote that and put it on their AOL profile while they were away. <laughs> put on that was on my forum signature thank you very much there you go yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's not necessary because julian is he doesn't need to do this he's he's fine it's that it's that right there julian you don't need to do that you've already established yourself right and you've you haven't established yourself as this this guy yeah the guy who gets mad when a girl isn't impressed like that hasn't really been julian's thing Yeah, what happened? I would have appreciated if later when Zack and Tom are rescued, if they were like, oh yeah, no, he was hanging out tormenting us. To to give any hint that he's pissy Mm -hmm. because he was trying to like fuck with Tom and Zack's heads and it wasn't working on them either. Yeah. To just be like, oh my God, these fucking insolent children. Yeah. And as Jenny herself mentioned several times he's different every time we see him he's in a different mood he's in a different personality and it it, (laughs) he wears moods like clothes yeah Yeah, and it's just it's wild for this one to be the one that we start with but you know whatever it's the point is that it gets them to a kiss which is the money shot that we're all here for 
That's what we want. We want to see this this cruel kiss that mm-hmm. Jenny gives him. She and it's Jenny. Jenny initiates it. She's like, "Oh yeah, you want to touch my titties? Here they are." <laughs> and he tries to soften it. She's like, Mm-mm-mm. "Nope, nope." Well, I love it because she says, "Um, there again, good lines here." She kissed him hard, aggressively, and without the slightest vestige of maidenly shyness. Mm. Clap, clap, yeah. clap. And then his free hand came up around her, but he couldn't pull her any closer than she was already pressing herself. She's using him and it's great. She ignored the danger of the torch completely. If it was close to her her hair, that was Julian's problem. Let the great master (laughs) of the elements figure it out. She's so good. I love you, Jenny. This is great. Like Jenny giving zero fucks content. And then he's all like, oh, I didn't think I got my money's worth. And she's just like, yep, well fucking tell me anyway (laughs) yep and they they trade insults and he's very angry that she did not enjoy his kisses uh insulted his kissing prowess even which Mm. lj can't even let lie lj has to assure us oh no jillian has kissed thousands of women he's an excellent kisser but don't tell him i told you that because i've only kissed tom Oh, so then he says, all right, well, here's the game. You have to collect the doubloons, get to Treasure Island. That's where, um, God, I don't even remember their names anymore. Tom and Jillian, Tom and Zach, (laughs) Bullion and Fullion. Who knows? Fullion. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the hostages are. That's where the lamps are. They're in the lighthouse. You can pick them up after you've paid for them. (laughs) In three doubloons. (laughs) You can do it in installments. Uh, he also drops that, uh, you know, Jenny's like, okay, so did you make this park for me? Like, is this the... You're like, why did you do this? Why why Joyland? And he says, uh, oh, no, this park was created 10 years ago for a very specific purpose, which is very good. Such a good. It's good. Yeah. Like I said, on the reread, it's just like, oh, dip, we know what that's about. He also drops that it was built on an old coal mine. Like, the Shadowmen have been here a long time, he says. It's like, oh, yep. a fucking amusement park built on a coal mine? Fuck that. <laughs> and she thinks about, like, deep in the pit, uh, like, lines from the poems that she'd found on her grandfather's desk. Like, just the idea of it. Just just referencing back to, you know, the, the Earl King down in the, the caverns. It's just so many good layers. Yeah, just the musing of, like, was that how her grandfather had found the Shadow Men? Like, had he maybe gone into a pit somewhere and discovered them? Like, what a terrifying idea. God, and you know how much I super don't appreciate <laughs> that kind of crap. <laughs> Those fucking caves. They'll get you. Fucking caves. <laughs> it's, it's that meme of the aliens guy, but it's you, and it's just caves. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I am Stringboard and I am Caves. <laughs> so, Janie has a doubloon, and Julian being Julian is like, oh, yeah, you do have that. Mm. Now all you have to do is get out with it. And then he disappears. <laughs> Smoke bomb. <laughs> uh, and I actually don't know what he intended her to do here. I don't either. There was no way out. No. Like, Julian, you built an unescapable encounter. You need to rethink yeah. this. He's like, well, this is before escape rooms, so I don't know what I'm going for. It's <laughs> not like a clue to get out. You're you're in a cave-in. So he's like, I don't have any YouTube videos I can watch yet. I don't have any that I can exp- I'm I'm winging this. This, <laughs> I, I'm trying my hardest, okay? Yep. 
Maybe it was just a sweat box. Like, maybe he was just going to let her sit there for a while and then come back and be an asshole more. I don't know. Probably. I feel like that was his his end game on that one. Yeah, because he's usually good about there being something that you can do to get out of it. But this one was like, no. Yeah. You know, it's there so that we can get, like, the actual threat of the book yeah. established, which is... Yes. Which this was also part of the scene that I was just like, this this whole section here mm-hmm. has just stuck with me. Really? Yeah, from from the moment she falls into this cave mm-hmm. until the moment she's out. It's just lodged in my brain. So she sees the eyes in the dark, and then water starts trickling down. And she can see it on her flashlight. She's like, oh my god, the stone stairs are moving. No, wait, it's water. And then the water keeps flowing, and she's like, fuck, I'm gonna drown. And she uses Issa, the, the rune of ice, to freeze the water, but, like, ends up basically freezing herself to death almost. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the whole idea of her using the magic in the world mm-hmm. was just very cool. I liked that. And then, of course, we get another Julian scene. Yeah. No, this is great. This is, this is like, the best Julian scene in existence. It is. Like, this is where I fucking wore the tape out of this book, just reading this sequence. <laughs> It's beautiful. Go for it. <laughs> so yeah, she she freezes herself. She she uses ice to plug the hole that the water's coming through. She's titanicked herself. Yes, she even calls it that. And it's like, I'm going to freeze and then sink and drown. Yeah. And she does. She she tries to like conjure fire, but then she realizes, oh I don't I can't make stuff. I'm not Julian. Yeah, I have to carve it. She uh ends up freezing and passing out and of course as she's dying like a fucking flames on the side of my face tom (laughs) fuck him like every time she brings up tom in a context or a situation like this it was like oh that fucking guy the reason i can't enjoy this book tom right there's like five mentions of tom that if i cut them out this would be a significantly better book when it's already a good book (laughs) Right. So I mentioned on Twitter, I was reading this book like fucking Hades Town, just like, maybe it'll be different this time. <laughs> maybe it'll turn out different. And every time Tom came up, I was just like, oh no, the inevitable Tom. Great. <laughs> the inevitable Tom. <laughs> just a fucking like ticking clock in the back to the end of this book, which spoilers, I hate. Mm. But yeah, no, she's dying. She thinks of Tom and uh, she comes to with Julian reviving her. Naturally. Looking the most human that she's ever seen him because he is terrified. Scared as shit. And it's, there's a lot of like very tender, very normal like interactions between her and Julian where he's like, okay, uh, warm your hands here. Drink this. It's going to warm you up. Like she's in like a... A nest of warm white furs, and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is so lush. <laughs> they're in they're in another chamber of the cave, and Julian has a fire going, and he's trying to revive her, and he's really scared. And she's like, Did you not intend that? Was that not your doing? And Julian's like, Ouch, first of all. And they have like their very their most like emotionally honest scene. It's beautiful. It It is. I fucking just, ugh. like, I read this book when I was a kid. You know, obviously it worked on me then. It still works on me. I still read this and I'm like, no. Yeah, no, it's great. My boy, I'm so sorry. This is not going to work out for you. It's not going to work out for you, bud. And he tells her, like, 
I have told you this numerous times. I obviously have not communicated properly. I am in love with you. <laughs> I, I love you. So I do not want to kill you. I am going to torment you. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I am going to fuck with you. But I do not want to kill you. Killing you defeats the purpose of getting you. <laughs> and I would like to get you. I would like to acquire you in both a possessive and semi-emotionally vulnerable way. Yes, yes. So JD, of course, is like, oh, but why me? What is it about me that you want and are so enraptured by? And Julian, you know, is like, oh, your, your hair is nice. A list, let me list it. <laughs> I do hate that he doesn't, like, start with, like, more emotional shit. Yeah, it's it feels very LJ, right? Where she's like, oh, your honey-colored hair, your pine needle eyes. Like, ugh, God, can we not? You know what no 12-year-old awkward girl who's reading this wants to hear? Well, because you're fucking beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, no, that's, mm, try again. Start with you're kind, you care about people, you took in that weird cat and you fucking love her. You look at the darkness and, and you see that it's not all bad. So maybe I could be not all bad. He does get there eventually. He gets where Tom never fucking gets. You know, he tells her, I like you. Your spirit is good. I enjoy your brightness, your kindness, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And Jenny is like, oh, this is t this is too much. This is a lot of pressure on me. Like, <laughs> this is a little too real for me. I gotta go. I'm a human being. Um... This this thing that you said about me, that feels like a little bit more of you than it is me. Yeah. And then Jillian goes on a little, like, we don't really need to hear about how you've wanted her since she was five years old. I wish we could just let that slip into <sighs> the- we forget that part? Yeah. Can yeah. we let that sink into the icy water, please, and just not bring it back up? But, uh, yeah, he tells her, like, I've wanted you forever. And she's like, well, why don't you just, like, go to Earth? Like, why are you skulking around in the shadows? And he's like, well, I can't because I'm a shadow man and nobody likes us. We're banned from Earth. It was, it happened a long time ago. I can't talk about it, but we're not allowed to Why am I talking you. about this? Yeah. <laughs> and they talk about, like, how shadow people are born and how they die and you get some foreshadowing in that area yes which was another moment of like oh this is all working out very well <laughs> right we're gonna need this for the end so let's put it in here in the emotionally honest conversation when mm -hmm. the kids are really paying attention <laughs> and this is where she has that thought experiment of like oh so this guy is not being like a creepy pickup artist and he's not being like aggressively seductive he's just just talking to me and telling me that he really cares about me and i find that attractive obviously who doesn't who wouldn't? Uh, so she's like, well, if I could, would I? And of course not, because fucking Tom. <laughs> if you could just think about it for yourself. I know, God, any other reason. Any other reason that is not your boyfriend who sucks. But no, it's Tom. It's Tommy. I would want Tommy. And Jillian wouldn't let me Tommy. have Tommy because Jillian doesn't understand polyamory. And I'm not going to explain <laughs> it. So what, as soon as she thinks of that, She's like, oh, he knows I'm thinking about Tom. And Julian does know that she's thinking about Tom. And they have like a very tender moment where they're like, oh, our hearts are breaking because we cannot be together because I've chosen my shitty teenage mm -hmm. boyfriend over this Lord of Darkness. Yeah. So they do a kiss and, you know, feelings, emotions, etc. 
And then Julian, he does his Rizika. My moods change with the flicker of a flame. <laughs> and um, he gets sassy again. The whole scene where he is like, I thought, you know, I thought you were dying and I'm trying to bring you back. And her being like, what is this side of him? I, this isn't Julian. What, what the fuck is happening here? He is all of the things that I thought he was, not this. And I was like looking at this going, this scene this type of scene needs to be in more of these fucking stories mm-hmm. because it, it does it so well. And so many other stories just ignore it for trauma bonding. Cause like, I don't consider this trauma bonding, mm-hmm. this one, because it's more of like trauma revealing, mm-hmm. like trauma happens. And then Julian reveals his tender side. Yeah. It's not something that they went through together. That's for sure. Yeah, she did that all on her own, and she did the best she could to save herself for him to get there to save her. Mm -hmm. But it's not like she comes out of this being like, you saved me, I love you. No, she takes a moment to think about it and goes, I could do that, but my bullshit lamp that I need to get. (laughs) He'd never let me have that lamp. He hates that lamp. (laughs) He hates it. He hates it He said it doesn't go with anything in his house, but I love it. (laughs) And I'm not going to not have my lamp. I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, I'll live on my own house. And that is like a deal breaker for him. He needs to live with his partner. And I don't care. I want my lamp. <laughs> I've had this lamp since second grade. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not compromising on this. This is my family lamp. My family lamp has been in my family for generations. Uh, it's like a. I had a friend who couldn't be together with this person because she had a cat and she wasn't going to get rid of her cat and like the person yeah. didn't want a cat so she's like well I guess it's the end of the road for us and that's yeah. that is Jenny and Julian right here it's like oh I got a yep. Tom you're not gonna I have a Tom oh. I'm allergic oh okay well, well son it was nice knowing you you're super hot well and the other frustrating thing is that Jenny also says like oh Julian blew his chance the very first moment we met when he hurt Tom and I'm like ugh yeah. It's always, it all comes back to fucking Tom, huh? Yeah. Gross. I hate it. So they have their little, like, you you can't save me from myself, Jenny. The kind of shit that I'm, listen, it works on me. I'm sorry. It it just does. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. Is your handsome boy emotionally tormented by some greater need that he has to fulfill or that is, like, inbound in his like person but that the person that he is interested in like he cares about that person more than that thing uh you wrote this book for me please deposit (laughs) it into my kindle you heard it here Sina wants to read your books if that is how you would describe it i do that is my specific thing that it works on me every single fucking time i am very lucky i'm not a relo i don't know how that happened but it didn't (laughs) and i count my fucking blessings every day (laughs) yeah but that this specific trope works on me so if you have it or have recommendations throw them at me because it's my fucking trash We all know what our trash looks like, and it's fine. <laughs> That's fine. So Jenny's like, you don't have to be bad. And he's like, actually, I do. And I'm kind of offended that you said that I don't have to be, so I'm going to be rude to you now. I don't have to be? You don't know me. You know what? Fuck you. I'm going to prove to you. <laughs> I'm gonna... Don't have to be bad. How dare you? How dare you, man? He is so fucking mad about it. It's so He has such a cat reaction. 
Cat, don't knock this off the counter. <sighs> Fuck you, I'm knocking it off the counter right now, right in front of your face. Watch. <laughs> the, the hell I'm not going to. Right. So he's like, all right, well, time's over. Don't think just because it saved you that uh, I'm going to roll over for you. We're still playing a game. Go get your boyfriend. You got to get three coins. And she's like, I have one. And then she's like, oh, fuck, I lost it. And Julian's like, sorry, <laughs> only one turn to a customer. No replace. Right. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And Jenny's like, this fucking guy. She's like, fine. Any tender moment we just had, gone. <laughs> Jerk. Jay's like, all right, fine. I'll get the coins, but you have to, you have to let me out. We're in a fucking doorless room. I can't leave. We're playing a game. He's like, you're right. Exit doors are to the left. Please watch your step and keep moving. We hope you enjoy the ride. It's like, Julian, you fucking pissy little piece of shit. He is pissy is the perfect word. Oh, it's so good. So funny. I love, I love him. I love him so much. This specific interaction of this scene is so good. Yeah. So this was just like a series of wonderful scenes to me. Yes. So yeah, she leaves. And as she leaves, she does that thing where she like looks back at him and he's sulking, you know, brooding in the spotlight. Like you do. (laughs) And then she leaves. But like every time she does that, when she looks back at him, I'm just like, no, Jenny, go back to him. He's so sad. Don't leave him. He's so, so, like, it's funny because, you know, I don't want her to fix him or bring out the best in him. Like, you know, like, I don't want that for her. I don't want that, but I do. But I do. But but you want it for him. You know, like, you want him to be the best boy he can be. And like you said, he is so sad. So sad, And she could get through his his icy cold exterior (laughs) that he's absolutely putting on as a fucking front. But when you do that, when you are that dude, Mm -hmm. don't expect your Jennies to come be like, no, I will tear this wall down. No, just, just fucking learn. Just be better. No, I mean, and this is, this is where like the fiction part comes in because obviously like, no, don't Jenny. That's not, you do not need to do that. You shouldn't have to do that. You're not responsible for him jessica jones etc etc right but like exactly you know i'm reading this i'm 12 i'm 33 it doesn't matter and i'm like but he's so sad (laughs) so sad like i and i realized this reading this like i don't want that for jenny i want it for julian i want julian to have jenny i don't want jenny to be with julian but i do want jillian to have her to be happy yeah so you know but i want jenny to like choose team jenny goodbye (laughs) yeah right like rational emotionally supportive me wants that for jenny but like angst gremlin me is just like no jenny (laughs) jenny don't leave him he's so sad but like we get a good plot out of it we do and yeah you know you know (laughs) so yeah jenny escapes and joins her friends and they continue the scavenger hunt Right. So she's back with her friends. She explains the whole plot to them about, like, what they gotta do. And, of course, we get back to Leo the... I was almost said man-eating, but it might as well be paper-eating lion. And Dee basically goads Audrey into reaching in, because she's got those long nails. I bet she could get that shiny thing down there and see if it's not a piece of trash. And Jenny's just like, Audrey, don't do it. But Audrey just fucking shoves her hand in there, because she's tired of Dee. Yeah. She's like, I'll do it. You think I'm? You think I'm scared? Fuck you. And then it, like, turns into this weird mechanical lion, and its teeth grow, and it, like, sucks her arm down up to, like, the shoulder. And it's another horrifying fucking scene, because here's this robot 
lion that wants to eat your friend's arm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they work together and they eventually get her arm out. But, like, it's fucking terrifying. It's physically harrowing because it rips up her arm. Like, this is not... Yeah. Audrey does not get out of this, like, undamaged. Like, her arm is fucked up for the rest of the book. Yeah. She, Michael wraps it in one of his shirts. And, like, you can see some of, like, some pink bleeding through on the white. And D is shaken. And they do get the coin. Like, Audrey hung on to it. But, like, Audrey has been physically maimed. D is like, I'm a dick for doing that. Michael is terrified because, you know, he just was holding on to his girlfriend trying to, like, get her out of there. Like, they're all shaken. Everyone is, like, terrified. It's a good scene. Yeah, and talk about, like, archetypal stuff. If there's not, like, a horror sort of situation like this where somebody has to stick their arm into, like, <laughs> something to get something else. Like, this is this is one of those things where you're like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's like watching a fucking Saw movie and you're like, I know you have to do it to get the thing, but you're gonna hurt. <laughs> yes, but it's gonna be bad. We all know it. We can all see it coming. <laughs> you Rule yeah. number one, don't stick your arm in it. Don't do it. So they realize that the ones that are lit up are the ones that they need to go to. And they see that the arcade is lit up. Mm-hmm. And when they get there, it's different. It's not like the one that was there that afternoon. It's like it used to be the way it was when Jenny was a kid. Because it was created 10 years ago for a specific reason. And they look at all of the different, you know, like wooden, old-timey boardwalk, the the moving picture show, literally, kind of things where you like crank it and it, and it does that. And like little marionettes and whatnot. And Jenny gets drawn to one in the back. That's a wizard that will tell your, will give you like a prediction. And it's got like a little black velvet cape on, a little tiny wooden wand, but it looks so sad. It's got this long wizard beard. And then she's just watching it and she realizes something and she gets her little prediction and just says, help me, 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 just over and over and over again. And she like falls to the floor because she realizes this is her grandfather. His soul is trapped inside this machine and like that's also another fucking terrifying moment her friends are like no i don't think it is and she's like don't you fucking humor me (laughs) and she gets another little card that's like look in the black cabinet and they turn around and they open up the, the black cabinet and when they open it it lights up and there's slug and pc's fucking corpse heads Mm -hmm. with their eyes shut and they, like, they all have another fucking moment. Like, Michael's fucking retching. Audrey's, like, fucking shrill screaming. No one's having a good time. <laughs> this is another terrifying fucking moment. And they don't ask direct questions. They're just freaking out. Mm-hmm. But the heads are bobbing yes and bobbing no and whatnot, regardless. Because, yeah, they're technically, they're, they're questions. And Jenny's freaking out. She's like... Do you believe me? They're all here. They're all here. And then she's like, oh, God, Summer, if Summer. And the things are like bobbing their heads up and down. And another card pops out and says, look in the funhouse. And they have to get out. They just have to get out of this fucking place. And Jenny promises that she's going to come back because it's her fucking grandfather. And she doesn't know how to help. Like She has yeah. no idea what she can do. Like, if if destroying him will help, if it will, like, make it worse, like... Just go somewhere else. Yeah. She doesn't know what she can do to help him, but she feels like she has to do something. Otherwise, his fucking soul is trapped here forever. Because of her. Yeah, because he went in her place. And I couldn't remember how that all went down. 
from the last time we read it. But I'm sitting here going, do they use fucking primal fire and just burn the fucking place down? <laughs> like, how is this going to shake out? I couldn't remember. I like how it goes. But in the moment, I was like, I don't know the way out of this. It's rough. So they get back over to the Noah's Ark Funhouse, which they had been in before. One of those, like, you know, you go inside and there's all kinds of weird stuff and, like, mirrors that make you look tall and short and thin and fat and, you know, the barrel that you walk through and whatnot. But, no, of course, it's it's creepier. And they have to look at, like, everything because they're not sure if they're looking for summer or if they're looking for a doubloon. They get to a, like, torture display. And no, again, no one's having a good time again. <laughs> because now they're like, are we going to see Summer in one of these? This wasn't here before. Dee remembers having gone to something like this at Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco, and it gave her nightmares for years. Uh, Jenny's concerned because like, she never sees Dee scared, which I think was really Jenny's arc with Dee, was recognizing that like her opinions of her friends as you're always this, you're always that. Like, she never calls it toxic because that would never have been called out at the time. But she put a lot of pressure on them and in her head to be a certain way. And I like that throughout the course of this book, she gives them each the opportunity to be their full selves. Mm -hmm. And for Dee, it's obvious that, you know, like when Dee is scared, Jenny's scared <laughs> and she needs to learn to let Dee be scared. Anyways, they find Summer. And I'm so pissed. Like, the second read of this, I understand why Summer is alive. Because um, we get told that the Ancestor Shadowmen, the Elder Shadowmen, are much more cruel than Julian. So Julian didn't kill Slug and PC. They, they got out. They got him out of the house. And they opened the door, but they ran as soon as they saw him and ran straight into the Shadow World. And that's when the Shadowmen were like, oh, you're ours now. So Julian had never killed anybody. and. I don't like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Because it feels like bullshit with the character that he's presented, you know, throughout time. He would have. So I get it. He doesn't kill Summer because obviously Jenny would never forgive him. I, I get it. <laughs> but I hate it because I want him to be that fae. Mm -hmm. So while I hate it and while I understand it, they're all very happy, and I'm very happy for these poor children <laughs> that their friend is okay. Yeah, you could have this. Yeah, be like, it's fine. Here you go. But as soon as Summer shows up, I hate her again. I know, because she's just nothing. She's a puppy. Yeah. Not even a puppy, because puppies are cute. <laughs> I wish she had been, like, a freshman. She's a freshman that, like, Jenny took under her wing, because, like... Or a sibling. That like... happens, you know? something to be like why they treat her this way she has no personality she's like i know i'm not smart i was like there was a moment in the first book probably her only fucking moment <laughs> where you know she's outside and she's like it's a messy room and then she's getting pissed because they're not believing her and she's like yeah this is my fear like i felt for her a little bit there but then i was reading raven's so raven for for those of you who don't know raven hi raven <laughs> raven likes to reread the books which i love and I like to see their perspective on all of this, because sometimes I think, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Mm -hmm. And they had, like, a good take on Summer, which made me feel better about this character, mm -hmm. where it's like, she didn't have people helping her grow up. 
really. She just had these really hands-off hippie parents and then like what sounds like very judgmental grandmother. And none of her friends help. None of them of her friends encourage her to be better. Thinking on it, I think back to that moment of her being like, this is what I'm afraid of. It had felt like maybe she grew any, mm-hmm. but instead she just fucking wakes up and she doesn't even remember that goddamn anything in between. She hasn't been being tormented. She was just fucking sleeping beauty. It's like, dude, give Summer any fucking trauma. Everybody else has trauma. Why does Summer get away with it? Give her some depth. Like, the fact that Summer comes back and she's just like, oh, M&Ms. I don't like it when people go missing. Like, you're not a toddler, Summer. You're like 16 years old. Why are you talking like a baby? Yeah. This is why, like I said, like, if she was a freshman, I could maybe understand half of it, even though I would still probably be annoyed with her. Like, I need, I desperately need Summer to be better than this. I want so badly for the show to exist so that <laughs> Summer can be better. So that Summer can not be in it, because there's no well, fucking I way. Mean, that would be great. But, e- like, just imagine if Summer was a little hippie kind of girl who was really nice and friendly and, and whatnot. Like, just something, some characterization other than you are a puppy that we will drag around and protect. Because, like, instantly everyone is protecting her. And it. I know that in canon, it's, we thought you were dead. So we must fucking protect you because we thought you were dead. But because that was all Summer was in the first book, mm-hmm. it just feels like more of the same. Y- yeah, it's Summer's infantilized. Yeah. She's a little baby who only says little baby things. And like, even when Summer is being bullied by Jillian, which is the opportunity for her to get more depth, because that's where everybody else gets to have like a character moment. Before Summer can do anything to demonstrate any sort yeah. of depth of character, Jenny... Jenny fucking cuts in. Yeah. So like, she is literally a bit of fluff. I'm sorry, Jillian was right. Hashtag. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, it is ridiculous. I could accept Summer being back. It's the same thing like Tom. You just, you really have to change the character. Mm -hmm. She had to fucking workshop it because this was (laughs) not great. Summer is annoying as fuck. And I don't even know why. Like, it is the Tom thing. It's the, he's my boyfriend and everybody loves him. Oh, Summer's so sweet and everybody loves her. (laughs) Okay, I don't believe you because I don't love her. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't just tell me that, LJ. I like I you have to give me some reason to also feel the same way, but you haven't yeah. and you refuse to. Yep. You could have had an a Jenny type character for Summer. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> Make Jenny the Summer character. Make Audrey and Michael the Jenny and the Tom. I mean, and you can change, you know, change them up as need be, but like if Jenny, the one that you're always calling Sunshine, is the summer character and we like her and she's fun and then she dies, well, now we give a fuck. Mm-hmm. If the Michael character is a sweet good boy <laughs> and he gets kidnapped, we give a fuck. I mean, Audrey doesn't have to be the Jenny type, but, you know, like someone who's a little bit more fucking confident and doesn't feel like she needs to be up her fucking boyfriend's ass all the time, that would be great. <laughs> but, ugh, God, summer shows up and I get so mad. Uh, based on all of your critiques uh, I'm going to hold on let me put these into my computer clack 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 (laughs) oh no I tapped something hold on my dumb foley work has fucked up my computer anyway dumb keyboard typing noises I think you will like the next trilogy that she has 
Based on your feedback, yes. Okay, okay. Right, and that is definitely part of the reading an author's backlist. (laughs) It's being like, can you fix the bullshit I didn't like in the previous one? Well, and this one, you know, I can't remember any specific things, but there was a lot of this where, you know, we talked about when we read the fourth Vampire Diaries book, where we were like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is a very forbidden game. There's a lot of stuff here where it's like, oh, this is... More stuff that you were talking about. I think it's in the Jenny's confrontation with um, Julian where she talks about like, oh, you have to fight even if there's darkness and you won't win. You have to stand up and it's about what you're fighting for and how you fight and all that stuff. Where like it was all stuff that she touched on in Vampire Diaries. Yeah. You know, resurfacing. So. And comparing it to Vampire Diaries, like we have discussed Elena fucking Gilbert is the worst. (laughs) And then Jenny is... Very good. Yes. Like, she's got her hang-ups with her fucking Stefan type. (laughs) But she at least grows. Yeah. And she already started in a position of, like, a normal teenage girl. Mm -hmm. So you fixed the problem of your protagonist. (laughs) We're getting there. We're getting there, LJ. Now we need to work on the secondary or the primary love interest, I guess. That's technically what Tom is. Please. All right, so they've got Summer back, and she's a pain in the ass, and I hate her. But of course, she finds the doubloons, so hooray, Summer was worthwhile. Her desire to eat M&Ms solved the problem. <laughs> I know. Julian, Julian, we need to talk. Why, Julian, why was it in the M&M machine? Why? why? Did you think, why? did you think, did you know that Summer was going to wake up hungry? And you're like, okay, I got to put some sort of food prop. I can put it in the food prop. Okay, uh, I've got this M&M thing lying around. Okay, put it in there. Let's go. Like, what What was the reasoning, Julian? I think he just thought none of them would, would, would take it. <laughs> Honestly, I think he wasn't expecting them to. That's great. If he put it in there, not expecting Summer's, like, obliviousness to the situation. Yeah. You're in the shadow world and you want to eat the M&Ms? Go ahead, have fun. <laughs> they already ate the peanuts, you know. Right? So they head off to the last place that is lit up. It's the Tunnel of Love and something that begins with a D? Dicks, I'm guessing? You skipped one. What did I skip? Julian being sulky about this present he just gave Jenny. Oh, that's right. So they're going through the very end of the the fun house, the rotating doorway, and everybody gets through but Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) You tell the the scene. It's a good trick. He's like, I got to fucking separate her somehow. And they're fucking like chained together at this point. So I guess we'll do the the rotating door trick. So (laughs) Julian's there and he's in his, um, his moping coat. Yes. He's no longer feeling sexy. No, he's in his like... Don't look at me. I'm hideous duster, but not really because I'm still very sexy. And he's uh, something that I don't understand. He just gave Jenny Summer back, which he chose to do. There was no trick to it. They didn't have to answer a riddle or, you know, do any daring athletic feats. Like something almost dropped on them when they grabbed Summer, but that was it. There's nothing else. So why then, sir, Julian? Are you so, like, mad that Jenny has Summer now? Like, he he just shows up in sulk mode. And Jenny's like, oh, Julian, there you are. You're good. You're a good guy. You did a good thing. And, like, for the first time, she's having, like, gratitude towards Julian. Yeah, she's being nice to him. She likes him. Yeah, she she shows up predisposed to like him for the first time forever. And he's just like, no, I did it for my own reasons. Don't read too much into it. And it's like... (laughs) Well, then... Yeah, you did it for me. Right. 
if you're going to be a little shit about it, why did you give Summer back in the first place? You're not proving yeah. a point. You're just doing a nice thing. No, I'm not. It's not nice. I I put a bomb in her, so <laughs> enjoy. She's part of the Suicide Squad now. <laughs> Tom and Zach are too. You don't know it. <laughs> so she's like, you gave us Summer back. He's like, I gave you Summer back. Don't get it twisted. I don't give a shit about potato, those twerks. Potato, whatever. You hang around with. And um, she's like, okay, you can change. Like, I know you're not a bad person. And this is where we find out that, like, he didn't kill PC and Slug. Like, he tries to say he yes. did, but then Jenny's like, Julian. <laughs> like, I'm going to ask you a second time. You can't lie to me. Did you? <laughs> you don't lie to me once. It's the rules. And he's like, no. No, I didn't kill him. It's my weird creepy uncles. <laughs> and then she's like, I, I don't think... That you're a bad guy, Julian. You could change if you want to. And then... I am not a bad guy! How dare! He gets so sad about it. She's like, I don't believe you. You're not like you're not like the other Shadow Man. Hashtag. She literally says you're not like other Shadow Men. And it cracked me up. It was beautiful. <laughs> She's like, you could change if you wanted to. And he says, no, bleakly. And my heart broke. I'm like, no, Julian, you're so sad. <laughs> tiny boy you're so bleak and she's like you can change and then they kiss again and julian is like again very sad because he realizes that jenny is totally gonna dump him for her shitty boyfriend i'd be sad too julian right right like she keeps coming back to him and kissing him and like trying to be the angel on his shoulder it's like don't do that if you're not gonna yeah you're kind of being mean now jenny yeah don't don't fuck with me i know you're going back to your shitty boring tom cruise boyfriend like right like i appreciate the kisses for the like last times i'm never gonna have them but (laughs) and i would like obviously like them to continue so if there's anything that i can do in the kissing to persuade you that they (laughs) should continue to make them last longer Uh, and for you to shut up about how nice i am obviously i would love that but uh so he's very like sad when they stop kissing because he's like well she's gonna she's gonna dump me and uh she's like you can change and then julian does like his angry no i'm the bad guy thing he's like go see the rest of the park jenny see what you think about me after that and it's like well first of all sir there's nothing there's nothing else in the park bad that you did so i don't know what you were challenging her to find but it doesn't exist it was just it was just get to the tunnel of love and dick Yep, and that's that's it. That's just the next thing that they go to. So they go down the tunnel of love in the big swan boats, but there's nothing in it. It's just an empty ride. And at some point in the middle, it just stops because Julian's there. And it is probably the worst scene. Really? You don't like this one? I think it's the worst because he could do so much better than this, and he's just being a little just being a little dick. It's a week for the final challenge, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it would have been a better earlier challenge, but they wouldn't have done as well. Yeah. It's all about their emotions. Okay, I I think some of it's very good, mm-hmm. but it's that. It's that it's a weak final boss battle, and and I really just wanted Summer to fucking despair because she's the goddamn weakling. <laughs> Honestly, Jenny had to step up because if Summer had had a chance to be like, I was in this park and... I crawled out of the trash can and and then I was here and I've just, I've been surviving. Here, do you want M&Ms? Like, if Summer had done anything other than be a fucking blanket, (laughs) 
just you gotta like go get the fucking flag and carry it with you this fucking <laughs> wet blanket if she had done any of her own growing being like i've been trapped here i don't know how long mm-hmm. time moves differently here it's been a year for me something anything but no she's the same fucking person who went in there she didn't even survive or win her challenge and then julian was just like Shh, sleep <laughs> no oh i would have loved to see summer have grown by dealing with it and for julian to be like i didn't know where she was i was busy watching you <laughs> if i had realized she made it here i probably would have put her to sleep <laughs> but for her you know the first book happened halfway through and she's been fucking zoned out static noise yeah she's she's missed all of the chance that everybody else has had to develop so she hasn't everyone else has gone through trauma everyone else had to deal with the cops and her being missing and her family's reaction and their own family's reactions they this is the third fucking game that they're on like i would do it differently (laughs) so yeah i'm mad that summer didn't get a chance to be called out and have her be like stand up for herself yeah and like you know i understand that getting summer backed with her innocence intact finger quotes is like (laughs) jenny's reward right it's like proof that jillian isn't a bad guy that he didn't let this fucking delicate little flower get ruined in any sort of significant emotional way way. anyway at all but it sucks from a character perspective because then what is summer yeah there's zero growth i wanted jenny to see that as much as she doesn't need Tom, that Summer doesn't need her. Mm-hmm. And that they are also equals. And I, is that it? I think that's what it is. Okay. Everybody else comes out of this as equals. Maybe Jenny's a little bit more badass than the others, <laughs> but everybody cares about each other. Like, these are not friends you're going to forget yeah. after high school because you all went through some shit. But Summer, Summer is not their equal. She started off the worst. Because everybody treated her, you know, like you said, like this delicate little innocent flower. And she's still that at the end. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. So he starts off calling them pathetic and saying, you know, oh, you never learn. Dee's too stupid to learn. And that's the real reason she doesn't want to go to college. She'll never be as smart as her mother. Which, again, in my head, she should have just been her older sister. Mm -hmm. So Julian's just, like, poking fun at Dee. And Dee's, like, actually getting sad about it. Oh my god, Ollie, is the final challenge a fucking roast? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the roast of Jenny and her friends. I'm your host, Julian. It is. It's, it is. And it's for them to all be like, hey, Julian, you're wrong. <laughs> because they all, they all step up and are, are like there for each other. You know, even Audrey just jumps right in to be like, you know, she is smart and she's brave and... She didn't mean to hurt me, and I never thought she did. Mm-hmm. And, like, that just, like, makes Dee happy and stuff. And Michael's like, books and college aren't everything. And then Julian's like, oh, you want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> and turns on him and was like, you're afraid to go out and do shit. Oh, look at you. You're a little joker. You're a class clown. People don't laugh with you. They laugh at you. You're nothing. Just a funny little fat boy that people laugh at. You're a joke. And he's like, no, I'm not. Like, And Michael, this is not hurting Michael. And I fucking love you so much, Michael. Mm-hmm. And then Julian's like, oh, well, let's talk about your childhood OCD. <laughs> oh my god, Julian. That's, uh, that's a line. That's over the line, Julian. It is! And, like, I do love that later Michael is like, when I was seven. (laughs) Which suggests to me that that's when his mom, like, died or left or something. 
of being like, you started doing all these rituals because like maybe something had happened. Because we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But being like, well, maybe if I had just done it this way, then bad things won't happen to me, to my dad, to the people I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand it. It's OCD. It, it happens. And he's still just like irritated with Julian. And Julian's like, fine. How about we talk about the fact that Audrey's been mean behind your back? <laughs> Julian's like, fine. I didn't want to do this one, but you've left me no choice. I went gentle, then I went mean, but now we go hard mode. (laughs) And it's so sad. This is the part I really liked in it. Yeah. Because Audrey says, like, a really fat phobic kind of word. And Michael just, like, turns and is like, did you say that? And she doesn't say anything. She looks like she's about to cry. And he's like, did you say that? (laughs) Jillian's all, oh, yeah, of course she did. She said lots of stuff about her dream boys, like, six feet tall and blonde and a surfer. And she only, like, took up with you to fill in time until she found someone better. Michael just, did you say that? And then Audrey, Audrey says yes. Right? What a move. I love that. Like, it's sad. But I love that she just is honest. Mm -hmm. And Julian's still being mean about it. And Audrey stands up for herself and Michael by telling Michael that she did say it. She did say that stuff, but she said it a long time ago. And she didn't even really mean it then. And we've seen that like the previous books, Mm -hmm. there was this suggestion that Audrey's like all talk about being flippant about her relationship with Michael, Mm -hmm. where she's like, oh yeah, I gotta do this to keep the boys along. And she's like, but I'm fucking never letting Michael go. (laughs) He is mine and no one can have him. And then, you know, she says she was just showing off and she said it before, before she knew what it was like to know him. And he showed her that what people look like isn't important, which is huge for Audrey, because she seems like someone who only cares about what people look like. Yeah. And she says, before I found out, I loved you. Mm-hmm. And and she's, she, he's like, oh no, oh, you're gonna cry. Oh, don't, it's okay. She's like, it is not okay. <laughs> I love that that's what Michael is like, oh, oh no, oh no, she's crying. Oh, no, 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 don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And she's like, no, it's not okay. <laughs> and she says that she loves him. And that he made her fall in love with him. And she doesn't care, you know, how tall he is or his hair color. She loves him. Sinna, Sinna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was reading this whole paragraph last night and I was fucking crying. Oh. Because she says that she cares about him because he makes her laugh and he's smart and he's gentle and he's real mm-hmm. and not some jock with a facade that's going to fall apart when she gets to know him. She says, I know you already, and I love you. I don't care what you do with toilet paper. <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, ah. And that is what I wanted for Jenny. Yes. With Tom. Yes. I wanted that. Well, it's it's so good, because, like, Audrey has not been about vulnerability or emotional honesty, right? Like, that's not her yeah. thing. Her thing is being flippant and putting on lipstick, right? Like, that's... <laughs> when they went to Joyland, she's like, I would rather go shopping. I'm like, with what money? <laughs> I, know, I know, right? Window shopping, I guess. But, like, I guess. they go out of their way to say, like, they... LJ goes out of her way to be, like, she looks terrible like her makeup's all running like she looks awful but she is like for the first time being honest with michael who she has been you know pretty flippant with about the status of their relationship yeah she likes to keep him on his toes yeah exactly i care about you and it's 
significant for Audrey as a character, not just for their relationship, but for for Michael to ask this of her, for Audrey to be honest about it, and then for them to like forgive each other. It's yeah, huge. Yeah, and it's built on everything that we've seen in the last three books, which is exactly how this sort of relationship arc should work. Mm-hmm. I love it for them. It's it's perfect. Like that arc is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we could get that and not not the other stuff that we needed. I don't I don't understand why LJ LJ was like, all right, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna fucking knock it out of the park for this side couple, but the fucking third spoke on this love triangle, I can phone it in. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's cool, I'll just say they're meant to be. Like, LJ, I'm genuinely curious. I know you listen. I wish you would listen so you would talk to us. Don't listen. No, don't. Don't. But, like, does she really like Tom? Like, did she think... Or does she like the idea of Tom? I mean, even the idea of Tom. Did she think that that was going to stand up next to Julian? (laughs) Like, LJ, how could you so badly, like not understand the book that you're writing, the audience that you're writing for. You made an amazing antagonist Mm -hmm. slash love interest. Why did you give me the flat pancake? Right. Like, this is such a fucking whiff for this book specifically because it's so important. Yeah. Like, this is the, the game ending moment. You need this character and he has been nothing. Mm hmm. Just nothing. You can't win on that. And again, I love this series, mm-hmm. but holy shit. Just how? <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up, LJ, real bad. Real fucking bad. <sighs> so Julian starts to try to come at Audrey, but Michael is adorable and is just holding her close and whispering in her ear louder than so she can't hear Julian. And Dee is like telling him off. And Julian's like, all right, well, I'll turn to Summer. And Summer's just like, I know, I'm stupid. Ugh. How many times do you have to fucking say this, Summer? And that's when Jenny's like, don't you dare. If you have something to say, say it to me. And I'm like, nope, you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> but Jenny confronts Julian and tells him that she cares about him. So this is the first time anybody's seen Jenny interacting with Julian. Yeah. Beyond the end of the book, but the first book, when she, like, pulled a fast one on him. Yeah, no, because the end of the second one, they weren't interacting. He was just there being like, ha if you can get through this wall of flames. <laughs> smoke bomb. <laughs> he loves the smoke bombs. <laughs> so this is the first time anyone's really seen the real Jenny interacting with Julian. Uh, Yeah, he does the Klaus thing, right? This is like an expanded Klaus monologue <laughs> where he, he gets in front of her and he's like, Jenny, I know that I cannot neg you in a like a personal way so i'm gonna neg you by telling you about all the terrible things that happen in the world i can't neg her because he thinks she's perfect (laughs) (laughs) so true that's so true Julie's like jenny i can't neg you because you have no flaws (laughs) let me tell you about everything that isn't perfect let me tell you about everything that's not jenny i'm gonna tell you about the anti-jennies 
<laughs> so, yeah, he tells her about like, oh, there are flies that lay their eggs and then their worms grow inside people and they're, you know, humans made mustard gas, mind blown. Like, he just sort of... turned to page five. <laughs> he just sort of like, a human cruelty, isn't it terrible? And I love like, D's in the boat, like, who cares? Like, Jenny, is this working on you? Like, why is he saying this? She cares. Jenny does care. And she has like this moment where it's weird. She's like getting hypnotized by Julian, like in front of everybody. His voice was reasonable, flowing. So why not despair? There's nothing wrong with that. Things will be so much easier once you've given up. Why not just relax and give in? Creepy. He was coming towards her and Jenny knew she couldn't resist. He was coming to put a warm palm on the back of her neck, maybe, or press her hand. And whatever he did, she wouldn't be able to resist because at that moment, his beauty was so unearthly. It was frightening. (laughs) I don't really understand what's going on right now, personally. I don't know why his beauty has anything to do with it. Is he using a a glamour? Like, is that what? I think he is using, like, Presence 3. Yes, yes. And then she's like, fine. I fucking believe you. (laughs) Yeah. World's evil. But you know what? It's also good. So fuck off. Right. I'm here to uh, espouse LJ Smith's world philosophy. So um, (laughs) if y'all take a moment, uh, turn with me to page five. (laughs) As previously discussed. Do not join the evil. Fight against the evil. Even if you won't win, you still need to fight against it. And yeah, she does. Jillian, I care about you. I believe in you. You're trying to prove to me how bad you are, but I don't buy it. And then Julian fucking panic smoke bombs. He's like, oh, oh shit. I don't know how to respond to this. I haven't prepared for this encounter. I disappear. Everybody take five. Uh, get some snacks. <laughs> the GM will figure out how to deal with this. Give me a moment to think about this. Well, he doesn't even do that. He just gets up and runs away from the table. Yeah, like, could imagine your GM is just like... <gasps> Right, and then you're all just looking at each other like, ah, did we fuck up? Did we hit a nerve? Did we trigger our GM? That was not my intention. Yeah, he did. We had the red card out. Did he? He didn't. He could have chosen to use the red card. We stopped using X's for him (laughs) for exactly this reason. Oh, they're trying so hard. But even in this, I'm like, oh, Julian was so overwhelmed by the feeling of being unconditionally loved that he fucking exploded. (laughs) He just turns into confetti. (laughs) (laughs) You've defeated me with the power of love. Between friendship and love, how could I have ever won? (laughs) Okay, but my favorite thing is that he does. He just turns like a fucking Sonic the Hedgehog bad guy. He disappears just as she reaches towards him and a gold coin <laughs> falls to the ground and spins and she watches it and then it lands and she picks it up. I'm like, he turned into a coin. <laughs> what they didn't show is Jenny jumping onto his head. <laughs> Ooh, <God. laughs> oh, it's fucking Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Kick that candy machine. <laughs> Kick that fucking lion in the muzzle. Punch Julian in the face. Pachoing! My favorite is she'd seen the moonbeam side of him, the vulnerable side that was so badly hurt it made him strike out. She even loved Julian in a way she was discovering. Okay, can I can I fucking yes. lodge an objection, please? Please. Love? Did we have to, LJ? No, it's not true. She didn't love him. Jenny, okay, this has turned into a Jenny therapy podcast. Jenny, <laughs> Jenny, sit down. 
Uh, pull out a chair. Get comfortable, please. <laughs> We're going to discuss what the word love means. <laughs> Jenny, you've interacted with this man. I don't even have to use my feet to count the number of times <laughs> you've interacted with this individual. The healthy times? I don't even need another hand. I, I don't need any hands, actually, because all of your interactions <laughs> with him either begin or end with some sort of threat or aggression. That's true. If I make all of them... Like, if there's any aggression involved, it's zero. Yeah, no, because it's always some sort of, like, she's afraid. Even after they have their intimate, like, sad conversation, he gets mean. And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he's a snake and he can kill me, like, any moment that he wants to. I shouldn't have fucked with him. Why do I keep fucking with him? (laughs) (laughs) But it always circles back to fear, right? There's no interaction that you've had with him that's been, like, free of, like, some sort of threat or manipulation. And like, Mm -hmm. love, Jenny? Like cosmic love, maybe? The way she loves everything? (laughs) She's Wonder Woman all of a sudden. I love everyone. But it is. That's what it feels like. Is is, This is the Jenny cares so much about the world. She even cares about Julian. But not love. Love is a strong ass word. Yeah, I wish that it had been just like a general... I I wish that she didn't say that she loved Julian. Like, it's fine for her to, like, be compassionate towards him. I care about him. I want him to be a better person. For them to drill down to be like, she loved him, but it didn't mean that she didn't love Tom. She could love two people at once, which, yeah. Mm, yeah, But it's not the same kind of love, Jenny. It's It's the problem there of... She wants to care about him so that she can change him. And that is going to be a fucking problem for this girl for the rest of her life. God. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is, right? Like, that's all it can be. Yeah. Where it's like, you see that he can change. And so now you care about him. This is setting up a big problem. (laughs) Right? Right? This is why you'll go back to Tom over and over again. Yeah. I, you know, on the one hand... The team Julian me is like, yeah, you fucking got it. You got a nail in there, Julian. You can you can just pry that door open just a little bit. <laughs> for Julian. <laughs> it's working, buddy. Because obviously he's not going to choose to change for himself. Right. And you know, like, I, yes, I do appreciate as a, a shipper that Jenny is not afraid slash um, indifferent to Julian. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the perspective of a reasonable individual, <laughs> Jenny, no. Jenny, stop. Jenny, don't. <laughs> this isn't healthy. You shouldn't be feeling like this. You shouldn't. You, he's tried to kill you a bunch of times. He's threatened all friends. of your friends. You thought one of your friends was dead until like 10 minutes ago. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't love that she says that she's in love with him. Like I get why it's there, but can we not? Yep. So after he disappears in a puff of smoke and coins, <laughs> they have three coins. They can go rescue Tom and Zach. But... Before that, Jenny wants to go help her grandfather. And she has come up with a solution. Um, because they they know all of the the runes work here. And Gebo was the rune of sacrifice and of death and, and a gift. So she like is talking to him and the his little his little figurine freaks out in a what she hopes is a good way. So she carves the rune, marks it with the blood, and then she says it. And he has a pretty horrifying ending because, like, his little figurine moves violently, then stops. But he looks at peace somehow, even though he's a plastic figure. And then she turns around and is like, hey, do you want me to do this for you too, slug and PC? And their heads are like, bop, 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 bop. And so she, or she carves both of them and she starts to put the blood on it when PC's body 
because they had dealt with Slug's body. Fucking shows up! And this one's not as dealing with the, the, the waxy, bloated water body thing. But it's still attacking people. And eventually Michael pops on over and he stabs his finger too. And they both do it. And then they say the magic word. And everything falls silent. Two things? Yes, tell me. One, this is great. A moment for Michael coming full circle, like because in the beginning he didn't want to cut his hand because he was afraid of. <laughs> he even said he's like, oh, "It's not gonna be me." <laughs> he didn't want to do that to enter the shadow world, and here he does it without even thinking. Yeah, and to help people he'd never met. Jenny even says it that it was brave of him. And there's a a good moment with Jenny too, where she it's kind of actually genuinely sad, where she's like carving the X into PC and Slug's box or whatever, and she's oh yes she's crying. She didn't with her grandfather. No, and she says like she didn't know either of them. Like they menaced her in her only interaction with them, but they were human beings, and they were put yeah. in this awful situation. And like she's crying for them because she's going to kill them. Yep. This isn't only a release. This is, I'm killing you. This is death, you know? Like, she's doing it, you know, they want her to, but... It's merciful. It's hard, you know? And that's, I thought that was, like, a very good sad horror moment of just, like... No, absolutely. You know, doing this awful thing because it's the best decision. He's leaving them here, otherwise is terrifying, mm-hmm. knowing that their bodies are out there. Like, so when PC's body attacks... The head is like, no, 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 to be like, this is not me. Right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do this. I want you to continue to, please, please put my soul yeah. at rest. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a very good scene and really emotional for Jenny because we, we know that she doesn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, and it's a, a good demonstration of that compassion that Jillian loves her for, so. Absolutely. All right, so they find their way over to the bridge, which is going over to Treasure Island, where there is a a tall lighthouse that they have to get to where Zack and Tom are being held. And this is another one of my favorite scenes, Mm -hmm. because as they climb up the arch, this like bridge arches upwards, they get to see all of the... It's like being on the Rainbow Bridge kind of thing. Like They get to see all of the nine realms. And Audrey tells us, oh, that must be this. Oh, that must be that. Oh, it's so funny that I remember this. I learned it when I was so little. And when they get back down, she's like, maybe it was just a hallucination. And it's like, no, we know they're not taking anything really from your, your heads here. This is real. You are really seeing between the realms. The descriptions are really good. This is one of the few times, probably the only time that I personally have seen nordic mythology in a book that i've read i know it obviously exists in other ones right but to have it be in like the 90s and just kind of like yeah no this is all nordic mythology stuff and it's all real right <laughs> the gods are way up there this is not like a vampire book or witch book this is specifically like a, a nordic mythology book yeah you're not being harassed by thor but you're definitely being harassed by loki <laughs> Right. I will tell you, when I was a kid, this part specifically felt like it came out of fucking left field. Obviously, it had, it didn't because, you know, they were talking about Norse shit the whole time. But, like, the idea that in the middle of this, like, sexy demon prince book that they would climb onto a bridge and see, like, the nine <laughs> worlds, I was like, I've literally never heard of this. What's going on right now? Yeah, I could see that. It... I think on first read, it feels very out of place, even though, like you said, they have been talking about it since the beginning. Yeah. On reread, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. 
the using the Nordic stuff is what makes me really extra enjoy this series mm-hmm. because, you know, it could have just been gin, could have been genies and things like that, but it's not. It's very specific and I like it. It's so unique mm-hmm. within at least early young adult. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like once you hit the mid 2000s. Right. But like you said, could have chosen something else. Chose this. Super cool. I love it. Yeah. So they get over to the the tower and yeah, I love Michael's like, well, they'll definitely be at the top, but they open the door and it's just like, it's a golf course inside. There is no top. <laughs> There's Zach and, and Tom in like a little dinghy. <laughs> it's all like pirate themed inside. It's real cute. <laughs> And that's, that's it. Like you said, there's a moment where Tom is like, here's my plan on how we escape. And they're all just like, yeah, buddy, sit, sit back down. We listen to Jenny. They're like, uh, okay, what's your plan? She's like, I don't have one. I don't think we need one. We won. So we should be able to just walk out of here. I don't know why Julian isn't around. And it's like, do you think he's watching us? And he's like, of course I'm watching. That's what I do. And I was like, oh, you're so tired. His voice is weary. Uh, heartbreak, heartbreak, heartbreak. So that's it. They've won. He's not going to pull any bullshit. There's nothing. He's just fucking defeated. He, that word is used a couple times. It's the last game. It's over, and he's not going to bother her again. Here's the fucking door. Get out of my life. Ugh. And Jenny's like, wait. And Julian just, like, doesn't want to fucking talk to her. He's like, leave, go. And he's like, you can't save me from myself. Get her out of here. I'm trying to play this game by the rules. And Tom has to fucking pick her up. <laughs> Because Jenny has realized, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to save you. Yeah. <laughs> like, the first five minutes is her just being like, you're really not going to pull anything? Like, really? No. Really? For real. Really? You you have to tell me. <laughs> Julian. You have to. <laughs> is this, this is the last game? Yeah, I don't have any more games. Please just go. Have fun at your Jenny Con. <laughs> the one that I can't go to. I guess I'll just be here. Because I'm banned for life. Kicks rock. And then she's like, oh, no, you're sad. I don't want you to be sad. I don't want to leave this with the GM being sad, guys. But it's cool because they try to drag her through and his older brothers show up. Oh, my God. And they're like, psych, we're playing a different game. You took our prey, your grandfather and those two tough boys. Yeah, they were ours. And they're like, Julian, you know this is true. It's like, yeah. And you know the law can't be changed. Yeah. And then they do a fucking I'm Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> all of her friends just like, take me. We're all lesser than Jenny. Because yeah. they say, unless somebody wants to take her place. And they're like, me, me, me. And everybody gives their little reason. And then fucking Summer stands up. And I'm like, Summer, sit the fuck down. Nobody wants you. <laughs> and I feel like Julia must have just been standing on the side being so surprised. Being like, they also care about her? How odd. <laughs> And then he, like, fucking comes in, punching his brothers, his elders, his ancestors, whatever. And they're like, oh, little boy, do you really want to fucking play this game? We will carve your name off the stave of life. Look, here it is. I'll fucking do it. (laughs) I love that one of them just has it in his pocket. It's like, just, oh, I'm in the shadows. Oh, it's in my shadow pocket. Here we go. (laughs) Don't make me. I'll do it. (laughs) Just fucking do it. I don't care. You can't have her. And so they do. They just, they slice his name right off. I love the description of the the stave itself where they're, 
Everything is delicately inscribed, but each stroke stood out clearly as if the cuts were filled with liquid diamond that shone against the background of wood. She commented that it was like the most real thing she had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, of course, it's the stave of life. <laughs> but yeah, slice. Off it goes, his little sh- sliver of wood. But they man- she manages to grab hold of Julian yeah. and drag him through. Because he doesn't immediately disappear. Like he was Which is kind weird of to expect. me, because you would think yeah. it would. Yeah. But whatever, we'll get our moments. <laughs> Jenny put her free hand to her mouth. She was sobbing without a sound. This is my gift to you now, and you can't help but take it. You're free, Jenny. They won't come after you again. You can't die, Jenny whispered raggedly around the tears. There must be something to do. You can't just go out. Julian was smiling. No. <laughs> I'll dream. <laughs> Sorry. Dream a little dream for me. I'll dream another dream, he said. I've made up so many things. Now I'll just go into one. I'll be a part of it. (laughs) All right, Jenny whispered. She suddenly knew that there was nothing to be done. Nothing except to help him all she could. There was something in his face that told her. A peace that was already gathering. She wouldn't disturb that piece now. You go into the dream, Julian. You don't blame me. I don't blame you for anything. Whatever else I did, I loved you. He said. He stirred and then added, Maybe you'll dream about me sometime, and that will help me get there. I will. I'll dream you into place without any shadows, only light. He looked at her then, and she could see he wasn't afraid. Nothing really dies as long as it's not forgotten, he said. And then blue mist seemed to gather in his eyes and obscure the flame. Go to the dream, Jenny whispered. Go quick, now. His chest was still, and she didn't think he heard her. But she caught the faintest breath of sound, not with her ears, but with her mind. Your ring. (laughs) Did you say it? Yes. (laughs) Okay. The hand that had been on his chest slipped, and Jenny saw the gold ring there. Jenny picked it up. The inscription on the inside had changed. The words were no longer a spell to bind Jenny. Before, it had said, All I refuse, and thee I choose. Now, it said simply, I am my only master. That's, that's how fucking biffs it. <laughs> I fucking hate this. <laughs> I hate it a lot, though. <laughs> We're almost done. We got one more chapter, and then we can talk. Okay, okay. So basically, that's it. That's the end. And, like, Tom is no longer jealous, and they're equals, and they call their friends. And a moment I really hate is where Jenny is like, I have to think about Angela, PC's almost girlfriend. I have to tell her that he's really dead. You don't know. You don't know that was her almost boyfriend whatever and she thinks about julian and how she's never gonna forget him then summer says something supposedly insightful about julian said the world was evil and horrible but then he proved himself that it wasn't and i'm like just just sit down summer (laughs) summer summer nobody wants to go back to sleep baby (laughs) nobody cares um and then we get a really fucking ace phobic moment where zach is like He'd previously, like, held, he'd helped Summer up in the Shadow Men attack and was like, 
holding her close. And I'm like, because they're all fucking scared, Jenny. But now he's looking at Summer with puzzled interest in his keen gray eyes, like a scientist who finds himself unexpectedly fascinated by a new form of flower. Won't last a week, Jenny thought, but it was good for Zack to notice girls just the same, to have a human interest, something besides his own imagination, photographs. And I was like, I'm going to punch you in the face, LJ. (laughs) Zack is allowed to not be interested in girls or boys or anyone. And why is he interested in Summer? No, that is the truest distillation of L.J. Smith's, like, fucking philosophy. It's just like, no, everybody has to love somebody romantically. Yeah, if not, they're not human, are they? They're peculiar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, like, Jenny's thinking that Summer's different because she's not half as muddled as she used to be. And that that's why Zach's staring. And I'm just like, what is this bullshit? So Fucking citation needed. Yeah, like... I, oh, I hate it. And I hate Zach's non-existent arc in this. Mm-hmm. Dee thinks about going to college, because I guess that's the appropriate thing, too. But Michael and Audrey are closer, and that's good. <laughs> right? We get one good thing out of this. It's Michael and Audrey. One good thing. Michael and Audrey. OTP. Um, <laughs> and then at the very end, Jenny's thinking about, like, how she can do whatever she wants and she's not sure she likes all kinds of things it was like swimming which we remember she did help out on fridays at the swim place and she likes computers which is weird because i i don't know she was just taking a computer class <laughs> but she likes cats and she likes helping people and she likes kids and i guess she likes flowers but, I don't know, whatever but like i could see her working with like helping people and cats and kids that that seems very jenny mm-hmm. to me but she's her only master now and oh right michael says and this i was like all right fair the whole idea of his name being rewritten on the stave of life, mm-hmm. where it's like, what if it did happen? And she's just like, well, I hope if he is reborn, I wish him well. And it's like, I see where L.J. Smith thought she could do a fourth book. Yeah. But everything that they learn in book three and everything Julian learns in book three would be extremely undone mm-hmm. if he comes back in an antagonistic role in any kind of way which is what her summary was implying for sure yeah um it also takes away like because at one point jenny comments that she doesn't have to like follow tom off to college and it's like yes but you do like (laughs) i want so much better for these kids than what that synopsis gave yeah lg smith in her her later writing years was just the height of weird fanfic indulgence and the it's like she forgot what she had written about yeah no 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 no, thank you. All right. So now that we are finally through all of the plot, what do you got? Oh, no, the ending sucks, right? Like, we're both in agreement on that, right? Like, you agree with yeah, me no, about that the ending, ending was awful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, like, I <laughs> spent, like, I finished it last night. And I spent today just sort of mentally, like, trying to justify why I hate this ending. And it's not just because they killed Julian, okay? I I hate it for logical and factual reasons and not because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I've hated it since I was 12 or whatever. But like, genuinely, we talked about how the Tom thing doesn't work. That's a big part of it. The other thing is like, as has been discussed multiple times in the fandom discourse, killing somebody as a means of redemption is just genuinely like the laziest thing that you can do. Yeah, I think he would have been just as easily redeemed to have fended them off or found a way to, like, he, so again, going with the idea of he is Loki, he's a fucking trickster god. The whole idea of the laws can't be changed. 
fucking change them or talk your way out of it or or don't say anything about laws at all. Just be like, you'll have to get them. And if they get through that door, they've won, they're out. Be like, this is my game, not your game. You're the people who left your prey on my property. Right. Or like, okay, let's have a, a wager. If they can get out, then they're free. If they can't, you know. Anything. Any mental challenge instead of and they don't even they don't even kill him in a fun way. <laughs> they <laughs> just like slice again, I do love the description, but they just slice his name. Right. Like nobody does anything. One dude does something. That's it. That's it. Yeah, no. Death is not a good redemption. No, and it's like obviously I understand why it's the most palatable choice, right? Because like if he dies, then he doesn't have to live without Jenny and he doesn't have to be <laughs> sad anymore. Like this is the safe choice for your this is the best choice for julian <laughs> right this is the, the best choice for your teenage fandom too if you're not going to put julian and jenny together then obviously julian has to die yeah but again it's lazy it's boring like if you really wanted to like break my sad little preteen heart or like teach me a fucking lesson about life then have julian let jenny go have yes. him wish her well and live his life and her life without fucking with her. Just like, I've seen the error of my ways. <laughs> do what you want to do. He would also need to, like, get over his weirdness about Tom. And we, like, Tom wasn't even a fucking character for that to no. matter. But, like, if he could just be like, oh, Tom, you've done things that have added to your character. And I see that you are actually a good person. And Jenny would be you know, in good hands, which would still be pretty gross. Yeah. And for him to be like, but Jenny, you don't need him. And I'm not saying that in a mean way. I'm like, you just, you're fine. I let you go. You're safe. You've got all these friends. Like, honestly, that, look at all the friends you have who love you, who would stand up for you. Mm -hmm. You don't need me to protect you from the shadows. Honestly, you don't even need them. Yeah. I agree, though. The growth would be him letting her go. Yes. Like, that is much more of an arc for Julian instead of just like, I'm fucking suicidal now. I'm going to throw my life away because I can't have you. Because Which is kind of what it reads as, right? Yeah, no, it's absolutely that. It's, I'll do this thing that will get me killed because it'll give you enough time. But at least I did the thing. Right. And like, I talked, I think in the first episode about how like, this is the only good Phantom of the Opera retelling, right? <laughs> yes, it's actually what I was thinking about right now. But yes, I'm sitting here like, you know, it had a better ending for this exact situation. Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> go. You have their fucking crescendo moment where like the Phantom learns about compassion from this person he's obsessed with, and then in turn he lets her go because he actually cares about her. Like that is a good arc for yeah, this type of it's character. Not, I'm letting you go for now, right? Because even in the end, <laughs> there love never dies. <laughs> no, we don't acknowledge that here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> we don't talk about love it or dies. No, no, no. But like, um, but even at the end, Julian is telling Tom, he's like, take her away before I do something, which is like, Julian, yeah, you haven't before actually- Before I break the rules. Right. You haven't learned anything. You're not willingly giving her away. You're just- No. You're just like, get her out of here. I can't control myself. I'm going to get too mad. You got 30 fucking seconds. Right? You're just abiding by your fucking fey trickster rules of existence. You're not actually growing as a person. Yeah. No, he absolutely needed to be like, get her out of here. Now, granted, it may have been a bluff on his part mm -hmm. to be like, oh, fine, I'll put a fucking time limit on it. Mm -hmm. But it didn't read that way. 
Yeah, it's just like you you need that scene where they they mutually decide to fucking part. Because they could have still had the, the Shadowman scene mm-hmm. after that if he was just like, I'm letting you go. I've been horrible to you. Right. I want you to be happy. Get out. Yeah. Every time I'm around you, I can't stop thinking about you. I'm bad for you. And you're not a bad person, but you're bad for me. Right. You're bad for me. I need to just let you go and not think about you anymore. Whatever. <laughs> I've learned a lot. And it's how to let you go. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's over now. The music of the night, et cetera, et cetera. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I feel like if L.J. Smith had watched Phantom of the Opera <laughs> instead of just Labyrinth, <laughs> that would have been good. Because obviously, like, Sarah wins by being like, you have no power over me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, I can't do that. But you kind of did it by being your own master. And it's like, Argh. Right. Yeah. She needed to learn that he needed to have an actual arc instead of just sadness and suicide. Yeah. Y- yes. 100%. I I feel like the version of this where Julian lets her go is just kind of not in line with the story that LJ was writing at the time. Like her, not even on the same wavelength, would not have <laughs> entered her thoughts. No, not at all. He's still my favorite Julian because we get to see so many facets of him. Yeah. And that's great. And we get to see him with the other shadow men and we get to learn Oh, that is not that bad. Even if, again, I hate it. Yeah. I would love to just have a bad guy mm-hmm. be obsessed with this good girl. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I love him. I love Julian. Yeah. I'm sad for him. I'm mm-hmm. sad he was so fucking suicidal. I know. I, I like, I'm so sad, Julian, that this is the story that you got stuck in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that, right? It's like, I'm so sad that this is your story. And yet I love the, the series. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, obviously, like, the... We tear you apart because we love you. <laughs> <laughs> right like the 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 trappings the bulk of this book a lot of it is good just like you know there's some big stuff that doesn't work for me personally yeah. jenny's arc mostly lands yeah. yeah 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 there's some stumbling blocks and its name is tom and summer <laughs> and summer oh god i love to forget about her <laughs> yeah Zach doesn't have an arc, and I hate that so much because, as we discussed in the first book and kind of in the second one, he's in such a different young adult story. Yeah, Zach has a lot going on for them to never address it again. I feel like it should have just been Tom who was taken so that Zach could have been there with the grandfather, too. He was fucked up by that. Yes. Yeah, for Zach to have that opportunity to reconcile with, like, oh, my fear of of being mentally ill like my grandfather, like, oh, I'm actually seeing the magic that was real that my grandfather did. Oh, look. He was obsessive and I need to not be that way. Right? Like, this is my grandfather who is not a bad man. That kind of catharsis. Even if Zach had not, like, if if after they'd found the grandfather, if he'd been like, I'm going to stay here until you come back, I'm going to guard them and make sure nothing happens to them. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, Part of it was she just needed to have some of, you know, have another character out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if she had to at some point ditch him, fine. I would prefer to see him there, but he needed that. What's she gonna fucking tell him? Oh, hey, cuz, um, while I was there, I saw Granddad. <laughs> Killed him. <laughs> he was a magician. Not really. Uh, he was just like this little thing, um, this little plastic wizard. Uh, anyway, he's gone. He's safe now. So you're like, what? You saw Grandpa? 
<laughs> yeah. So, you know, your whole thing that you have about like depression and worrying about like hurting people, mental illness, don't, de- we're good. You're, you're good? We're good. You're good. You can get over it now. Okay, cool. Yeah. You taking pictures again, bud? Yeah? <laughs> Here's Summer. You can be fascinated by her, this friend you've known forever. You want to put P in V of Summer? Yeah? <laughs> cool. Romance and sex is good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did want to say that I looked around on AO3 to see, like, what was going on oh. with Forbidden Game. Um, surprising amount of Tom Zack fix, but... Okay, because there was a moment at the end. Wasn't there. I highlighted it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Tell me the highlight. Yes, thank you for highlighting it. I'm glad we both saw it. <clears throat> They've just, like, rescued Zack, and they're talking to him and Tom, and uh, they ask Zack what happened back in the end of book two and he says i fell pure dumb luck i tripped and when i got up i didn't know which way to go i just stumbled around and ended up back in julian's base likely story we know what happened and then tom came back for me zach looked at tom and something passed between them without words back for you the introverted photographer and the star athlete had never been particularly close before but jenny had the feeling that that had changed now like right oh that's where that comes from yes i see that right there nothing else just that but it's so there it's very there this is this is a fucking matt and stefan bullshit for me (laughs) right there's less of it but it's there yeah it's very small but like she's so good at just having like two dudes be like hey hey eyebrow wiggle i see you i see you oh interesting No gays. None. <laughs> None. Platonic. Jenny was happy. She's happy about it. Jenny's happy. Yep. Definitely my boyfriend and my cousin are close now. <laughs> not not close in the way close. that I'm close with my cousin, but close. Gross. <laughs> yeah. No, not like that. Gotta no. add the trigger warning for incest Ooh, again. Yeah. Right there. You did it. <laughs> Um, <sighs> but yeah. yeah 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 no yeah absolutely that's that's funny i'm glad for it because that is that is good i would i would do so much different but there's also so much that is so good mm-hmm. that was done so well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so clap 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 yeah um i think it'll be interesting to see like obviously i i this is my favorite lj smith trilogy but obviously room for improvement so it'll yeah. be interesting to see as we go along like does it get better <laughs> does it or do you just remember does it get better like are there better ones we'll see it has been very interesting going from vampire diaries to secret circle to this you right remembered. those are the three we've done yes <laughs> <laughs> i remembered i didn't for a time um secret circle is so non-existent in my head <laughs> there's ever some fun scenes in it but my god is it forgettable <laughs> there's a lot to love in vampire diaries it's so goofy. Mm-hmm. But Forbidden Game is great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where we go with Dark Visions. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we go from this fun, goofy, fucking ridiculous Vampire Diaries to this absolutely fucking forgettable Secret Circle. <laughs> um, to mostly pretty good with Forbidden Game mm-hmm. with some excellent characters. And then some characters who don't even fucking exist. Like, she keeps making these ensemble casts mm-hmm. and then being like, eh, that one's just the, the blah one. <laughs> All right. Okay, right. I gotta pare it down to like four people for this next book. I cannot handle this many characters. Yeah, she does really good with four. Because like when it was just 
Jenny and Dee and Audrey and Michael, everybody had a chance to shine. Uh, you know what? I think the next one has five as the core cast, so that may okay. be her sweet spot. Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> so it, it'll be interesting to see where that one is. Yeah. So, I mean, I would recommend this to someone with a bunch of warnings, but I assume you as well? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's still fun. All the horror stuff is great, and obviously Jillian's my dude. Poor Jillian. <laughs> Uh, it's unfortunate that rematch, if it ever existed, like if there was another uh, timeline where it existed, yeah, would be so bad. And so, like uh, when I finished it last night, I was in a bit of a a place, right? And I was like, right now at this very moment, two o one a.m. Thursday, January twenty seventh. I would actually like to read rematch, please. Like right now, I would like more <laughs> Julian content, please. More Julian content, yes, but you know it would be so bad. No, no, absolutely. In the cold light of day, yes, obviously. Nobody wants a rematch. It would be terrible. No. Awful. But, man, I would I would like a better end for Julian than this. Agreed. He, he deserved better mm-hmm. on that regard. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything that I want to say about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I did want to mention, just as a, a cute little aside before we go out, one instance, two actually, in this book, of uh, LJ comparing Audrey's skin to something that's also pale. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. That's true. Pale Camellia, yep. petals. Yeah, yeah. I guess, for, for me too, nails on a chalkboard with D. Just every fucking time. Like, <laughs> if I could just go in and edit out every time she's mentioned as, like, Nefertiti. Or you know, fewer barbaric grins this time, which was mm-hmm. extremely relieving. But still any. God, I just, I want to fucking take it out so bad. You know, of course, we got Jenny's description um, the same as it ever was in the first and the second one. Same fucking phrases, copy-paste. Just real rough. Like, it, it never goes away. I hate it. The white lady racism making everything the way it is. and She, she just can't help herself. There's a part uh, where they're saving Summer and uh, Dee had to kick something out of the way. And Jenny described it as quick as black lightning. I'm like, Lisa, mm, mm-hmm, Lisa, mm-hmm, Lisa, mm-hmm. unnecessary, ma'am. Could you say lightning? Delete the word. Just delete it. Yeah. Be like, all right, so what we're going to do is I'm going to show you your story and I'm going to circle a couple of words <laughs> and just tell me what I'm circling. Okay, just like look at all of those words and you tell me what I'm doing. <laughs> it's rough. She needs a fucking sensitivity reader. Let me get my white out real quick. We'll fix this. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's it. Always that warning. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what new bullshit ways she describes people of color in the future. Because I imagine she probably doesn't get past it. The next book has an Asian character and a Native American girl. So we'll see. Super cool. New, interesting, horrible ways. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, good, good. And yet, this book is great. You're wading into it going, yeah, 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 I see you. Fine, whatever. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we will announce our season 10. We already know what it is. We'll announce that soon. And I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well, I am Ollie, and you can find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennis. And the podcast is there at Backlist Podcast. Please come follow the podcast and interact with us there yes please uh you can find me at on twitter at 
endless underscore run. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill. And we have a new patron. <gasps> we do. Goat Matron, thank you for joining us. Great name. I know. Goat Matron is, is the friend who gave me the absinthe blanche. I loved that. I saw that. I was like, what? I didn't see you pop in here. That's great. So I hope you've been enjoying listening to me drinking this delicious absinthe. Oh, I also wanted to mention that we've noticed our podcast has been populating on Spotify. So, you know, once it goes public, it tends to go public on Spotify as well. So you can check us out there. Yep. Yep. All right, we will see you all next time for season 10. Thanks for joining us for Forbidden Game. Bye. Bye.